takes off running and Clay leads him, shoots through the Akatillo, and you could tell it, he was hit by reaction, but all you could see was just Akatillo shrapnel everywhere. Oh, it's really? like, uh, you hit him, but like... We don't know. I don't know. He hit him perfect. Mm. But like, it was crazy to see just... Blew up. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We're rolling? We're hot. We're hot. All right, sir. We had a little technical difficulty. We have a rookie in the house, Omar. Shout out Omar. Shout out Omar. Hit him what up, are we on, supposed hit to him call up on Omar. Instagram. Young Omar? Is that what he said? It's either Young Omar young or Omar. Goggins Jr. Okay. How about Young Goggins Jr.? <laughs> That'd be your rap, your, your rap name? Yeah. There you go. So welcome back, Brady. We're, we're, we're live again. We're back. We're live the, again. We got the full team. Full team. Last week. Lorenzo and I had to hold it down. We held down the port. You guys did a very good job on that podcast, by the way. You guys, Appreciate people had like, I don't listen to many of our podcasts because like we're in the conversation, but like obviously it wasn't on that one, so I wanted to listen to it. And you guys nailed it. That was did, a good subject. Did you listen to it on the way home? No, I listened to it back at my house when you were working out, sweaty hat club. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out hashtag. <laughs> uh, I know I can't, I can't listen to podcasts when I work out. I can't not, either. Not motivating enough. It's not or what? motivating. Enough. Really? No. Yeah, I can't either. I'm not at that stage in my life. I'm not an old guy. Yeah. <laughs> I usually I mean, I, a lot of time I don't even carry anything. Just dead silence. Silence. Just silence suffer. is nice. Just suffer with it. Mm-hmm. Silence yeah. is nice. Yeah. No, you guys did a, a pretty darn good podcast. Thank you. I've had a lot of people reach out about it. That was that was a good but, one. Good thing is though, it's like what are we? We're hunters. Yeah. We're hunters are storytellers. And tell tell stories of the highs, tell stories of the lows. Like I want to hear about big bucks and first bucks and you know, there's excitement. So, like, yeah, this gets I, me excited for hunting season, hearing about that stuff. I did re-listen, and you know what I realized? What? We only talked about bucks. Yeah. Well, I know. Because they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're species, shit. man. Yeah. They're the best. Are, you, are we going to do one about first bull? Biggest we can. Bull? I mean, we, we could, could do that. We could at some point. Yeah, we yeah. could do that. Can I just wait? was thinking, I mean, archery season in Utah kicks off Saturday. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's open, and, you know, you're seeing bucks rolling in pictures from yep. Nevada already. You're definitely starting to see people get out and like nothing makes me more excited than just, you know, sitting around essentially like a campfire and just talking hunting yep, stories and I reliving agree. some of your best moments. So it was fun, man. I had a good time. I really liked it. Con- conversation. We'll have to get your take first buck. Oh yeah. Well, it was your first buck. Do you remember? Yeah. Whitetail? Whitetail. A little three by two. There you go. There or, we go. Or am I supposed to call him a five point, five pointer because yeah. it is in Minnesota. So I think you I saw, have to say five point. Eye guards. Yeah. Yeah. He was in eye guard and then just a big, I guess you call it spike after the eye guard and then a three point on the other side. So two and a eye guard. A two by three. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you? I was 14. Shot off my bow at 20 yards. Oh, you shot there off your, your first buck was with first, a bow? I was the first big game animal in my whole entire life. I didn't shoot a doe at that point, shot a, shot a buck. And I like, I guess we're going to get into it for a little bit, but like I literally felt like I just killed the biggest deer in the world. <laughs> were so you was, with your dad? Yeah, I was with my dad. We were in uh, southern Minnesota. Tree stand or blind? Tree stand. And uh, I kind of felt bad. I shot him, kind of hit him a little high, and he went down on the ground, and he was, like, still alive. He's like, started crawling a little bit. So I got to knock another arrow, and I got to shoot him again. And the second shot, I hit him right in the heart. Like, the first shot, I was shaking so bad. <laughs> I felt really, really bad because I hit him high, but yes. just find him. You know, he fell down. Do you remember the bow? Uh, it was a High Country Pro-Tech, I think yep. it's called. Mm-hmm. Arrows, aluminum? Uh, uh, no, they're actually carbon. Oh no way! Yeah, they were carbon impacts back yeah. in the day. Like oh, it was just were... the switch between aluminum and carbon. Yeah. And like my dad, when I went to the probably three hundred fifty grand. My dad wanted me to shoot fingers. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, no, look That's at these awesome. cool releases. But like, you had you had a release. I had a release. That was like right when releases were you know they were around for a little bit. But like, 
Were you were you a data geek back then like you are now? Like was that is that a common thread with you since the beginning? Yeah, I say it's common thread, but I wanted the you know the newer technology stuff and like try it out. When my dad was like straight old school, like yeah. that stuff doesn't work. Like this is tried and true. Shoot with your yeah. fingers, man. So you, your your DNA was yeah, it was always geek, I was geeking out on stuff. Yeah. yeah, but the funny thing is that like I didn't know anything about aerospine or all that stuff. I was like, hey, look at these one hundred twenty five grain broadheads. They just sound bigger. Let's <laughs> just throw them on the arrow. You know, it's like pushing a bowling ball with a noodle. Yeah, but I think, I think <laughs> that's what that was. Uh, yeah, I think I had like NAP awesome. Thunderheads. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Back then. yeah, and it was like the coolest thing, like getting that buck and then like you could like, you know, obviously drive a vehicle with my blinds. My dad drove out and like, dad, I shot a buck and it was like died like right below my stand. I, I didn't get down to look at it. I stayed in my stand the whole time. I was like, if that awesome. thing moves, you I'm were shooting it again. You were scared. Well, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, probably. I was just like, I just kept staring at that buck and then finally we got it through in the back of the truck and I drove back to camp because we had a little camp with another guy there. We were hunting on his property, and it was the coolest moment ever. Like having a bunch of people come over and look at it. We, we like drove it to the bar. <laughs> like, legit, you there's, first, first you're talking about big first buck, beer that night. You were talking about big buck contest. There was a big buck contest going around yeah. that whole area. So that's like, what's cool about whitetail hunting. Is they're like culturally they are so into. Oh like yeah, the, well, the, there's so many of them. I mean, and just the yeah. contest of it, like those towns are always doing stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the coolest moment of my life. I could go into that story deeper if we wanted to later, but it was like. That was sweet. Now, like, I was like so proud of myself that I got my first big game animal with my bow, and my first big game animal was a buck. It was like super special to me. And I tried like bow hunting for like two years before that and didn't kill anything. Drew back on some deer. Um, but that was it. That was pretty shitty. The next day though, I went to draw back on a doe, and it was back when those rubber peep sights, you know, you tied up. Oh yeah. I Keep went to draw straight. back and that thing snapped. And so like I tried to like twist it somehow. Like, I got let down, twist it again, came back on the doe, and by then the doe blew out of there. But I was like, damn, I'm going to shoot a buck, and I'm going to shoot a doe in the same weekend. <laughs> like, how cool was this going to be? Ted Nugent. Yeah. Dude, for real. I got uh, to, yeah, as you're talking, there's probably a lot of people that grew up in the east, on the east coast of the Midwest. Probably a lot of their first bucks are with a bow. Yeah, yeah. Hunting from a tree stand. From a tree stand, yeah. Yeah, because they're not typically hunting with rifles, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah a lot think of those states may not even have rifle seasons. Yeah, there's some of them that don't, yeah. Some that don't. Most of them are shotgun slug or mm-hmm. archery. My, my, whole, right? my whole county around my house where I grew up was a shotgun only slug. Yeah. And so, you know, besides for the ones I killed with my bow, I killed a lot of slugs. You ever gun. kill a buck with a slug? Yep, I killed two. Open sights or how does that work? No, you could put a sight scope on it. How well, well, no, my first, my first one was open sights because it was just my, my goose gun. A Remington That's 870 awesome. Super Mag with some slugs. Renzo, you ever shot a slug gun? No, a slug never. Gun or shotgun? I haven't either. Them. Is that, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the range is definitely limited. Like, it's it's probably way more, you know, a muzzleloader can shoot way better than a slug gun. I mean, I haven't shot one in forever, so I don't know is what the technology is now. like a mule? Oh, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I've, no, I've never even <laughs> I've really never have either. never even shot one. I've yeah, never, I, why either. would I? Yeah, I have me, no me, reason me to. I have, I have no experience whatsoever yeah, with no, a slug gun. Like, that's why growing up in the Midwest is super cool. Like, every day I could just walk out my back door and go bow hunting or. Once, yeah. once gun season had, I had a shotgun in my hand. Yeah, that's wild. But yeah, super cool area. Welcome back. We're glad to have you back. I'm glad to be here. We're going to do some storytelling again today. We're going to recap your orx hunt. Did I go on an orx hunt? I thought you did. Is, that what, we're, is that what we're doing I mean, that's today? the picture I saw. So I mean, if uh, it wasn't an orx hunt, the, please the, explain. <laughs> <laughs> I think the message I sent to you guys, that was the plan. So yeah. yeah. Unless you got something else you want to talk about. No, I want to, I want to talk about the orx, man. That was... Do you want to do you want to hit us with promo first before we get going? Yeah, let's hit us with uh, well, we got several things going on right now. Yeah, it's busy right now. It's busy, busy. It needs to slow down. Yeah, no, 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 never slow down. I mean, slow down in the sense it's time to get out in the field. Slow that down a little bit. Needs yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah we need to get out. In <laughs> That's the field. what I mean by slow down. Everything else can keep going while we're gone, but yeah, I don't even know what the podcast promo code is right now. But I got these two other ones. We get, we still have Go Hunt's birthday bash going on right now. Yep. Celebrating mm-hmm. our ten year. 
you know, existence, go hunt. And uh, that ends actually August 18th. So I believe this episode is going to drop Thursday the 17th. 17th. So you'll have this at is least last chance. a little bit over 24 hours. Yes, yeah, so you have last chance to pick up a bunch of stuff. So you get 20% off on a bunch of different things by using uh, code BIRTHDAY20. And that final price will be reflected, reflected when you go uh, to check out. And we have our Coos Deer Hunt giveaway going on right now. Yep. What's the deal with that? Phew. Give me a rundown. Do you guys know the, the, the logistics of it? We're giving away two. So it's a, a guy and a friend or guy a gal and a friend. And a, yep. gal so, and a friend. so basically two hunters. Yep. Two hunters. Cool. They're both going to hunt. So here's, here's where I was coming from with that, right? Like if I were ever to win a hunt, we were giving away two hunts, two tags from the beginning. But if I was ever going to win a hunt, I would love to be the winner and then choose to bring a buddy, you know, a buddy my dad, my brother, whoever it is, like my hunting partner, right? Oof. We just released that film Common Ground talking sure. about hunting partners. Yeah. Like I want that person in camp with me, especially when you're crossing crossing borders, going to another country and a hunting yeah. camp. Like it'll be it'll be awesome to have, you know, your partner there, your hunting partner there. Yep. So we're giving away two tags. One winner will be drawn and then they get to bring a hunter of their choice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And it's a uh, free range coos deer hunt in Mexico. Yep. And on it's a pretty incredible. sick ranch, I've heard. Yeah, it's incredible. Like I said, I, uh, in the promotion video for this hunt giveaway, when I went down there for the first time last year, when I was down there with Phil, the uh, Phil Kramer and Jay Scott, like the whole time I'm going, this place is this place is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Like we've got to do something. I got to share this with people. Like this is this is unreal. I love hunting Mexico in general. Mexico is an amazing place to hunt in January, February. This hunt will be in February, first week of February. And, dude, there's nothing like the Sonoran Desert that yeah. time of year. Nothing like it when you're going after coos deer. And, man, it's it's awesome. What what, so. uh, what do you expect from coos deer hunt? Like, if you've never hunted coos deer, you think, I mean, why should somebody be interested in coos deer? The most Western hunt there is. It is it's so Western style. Big glass, spot and stock, um, looking over a lot of country, looking over a lot of animals, trying to pick you know, trying to pick and choose, you know, making decisions. Should we go after that one? Can we find something bigger? It's just all those, like all those things that happen in a Western hunt that makes a Western hunt so fun. That is like the epitome of coos deer hunting down there specifically. And then they're a cool animal. I think, I think they're an amazing animal. Yeah. I, I never quite understood the the draw to them until you've done it and you start seeing coos deer bucks and you're picking them up. And just like you're saying, it's the style of hunting. You're spending a lot of time glass and covering country and it's, they're, they're a really cool animal. It's the most Western hunt there is. We, we had a comment on, on, uh, Instagram. Did you guys see this? Why the hell would you guys do a giveaway for such a little shitty animal? Oh no, I didn't see that one. I saw like, Uh -uh. dude, you've never coos hunted. Like (laughs) these things are the coolest little things on planet earth. I think they're cool. And typically anybody that I've ever talked to that's never hunted them. And then they go on a coos deer hunt, they come back being like, oh, I I totally get it. Yeah, I get get why people from Arizona, you know, go to, they they hunt coos deer every year if they can. And then, you know, I I see the draw of so many people going to Mexico to hunt them. And if you want to be a better glasser for every other species, you hunt coos deer. Oh, buddy. If you can be be proficient at glassing a bunch of coos bucks, like you will be a stud when you're glassing other animals. Those little bastards are hard to find. that's a January hunt? It'll be first week in February. February. I mean, where else would you want to be other than, you know, Mexico in February? Yeah. Your daytime highs are what, 60, 70 maybe? Yeah, 65, sunny. Cool nights, sunny. 35, 40 yeah. in the morning. Every time I've done those January OTC hunts in uh, Arizona, you get down there, southern Arizona, you're like, man, this is where I, I, I get the whole snowbird thing at this point. Oh, it's yeah. living. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, food's so, good. So there's multiple ways to gain entries for this coos deer hunt. Every dollar you spend in the Go Hunt Gear Shop gets you one entry. 
All inside, current insiders are automatically entered. They get 150 points right up top. Hmm. New insiders sign up, you get 150 entries into the giveaway, and you get 100 entries for uh, joining outdoor class. Nice. A lot of opportunities. A lot of opportunities. Lot of opportunities. And that goes on through August, and I believe it ends end of September, right? End of September, yep. And yep. then the hunt will be first week in February. Cool. Get your passport ready. Get your passport. You definitely need a passport. <laughs> I don't have a passport. You don't? Nope. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. On what the if way you down win? This is a huge problem. I'm not going to win, but <laughs> I was thinking about I do buy a lot of a lot of shit in the gear shop. I wonder if, yeah. that, if that puts me in the Especially run. Especially this I'm, time of year. I'm, you guys I'm, seen my I'm, office I'm, lately? Yeah, I've seen your. I've seen the Instagram. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've seen you buying some stuff, but it is it's time to get loaded up. And then we still have the promo code podcast you can use to sign up for an insider account. We're going to get points back on uh, any purchases that you make in the Go Hunt gear shop. You also get points back if you join with that promo code podcast, mm-hmm. which one points one dollar. So you get some money to, to put for, towards the purchase of gear in the gear shop. So use the and promo code you podcast. You definitely should uh, pick up an insider membership because if you haven't followed along on Trails, uh, I need an elk tag series. Like it's time. Time to yeah. get an elk tag and having that insider account, watching Trails videos, like that's a way to. And you can still get an elk tag. You can still get an elk tag. Yeah. Still get an elk tag. Like, I mean, we're knocking on the door. You can still, I can still run it on, run down to my local DNR office there in, uh, in Utah where I can just jump online and I can still buy an elk tag. Yeah. Archery elk tag. So still a lot of opportunities. So, so use, use the promo that, code. Use that membership to go hunting. Yep. Dive into some maps. So let's dive into orcs hunting. Orcs. Who? Orcs. Such a cool animal. Is part of the draw just the name Orcs is like so close to your your true love of Lord of the Rings? <laughs> I, I, it does kind of make me feel like I'm in Mordor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it feel like Mordor? Maybe. But a, a hot Mordor. Yeah. Yeah. Take us back to applying. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I guess I kind of touched on a little bit before, but like I've always been drawn. I always thought like Gemsbuck or like one of the most gorgeous animals ever. You know, they originated in Africa. You ever wanted to hunt Africa? Uh, tough question. I go back and forth. Part of me says maybe. Part of me says, though, there's so much opportunity here in North America that I'd love to experience first and maybe do that later in my life when I'm older. Lawrence, have you done Africa? I've never done Africa. I'm, I'm the same way as Brady. I go back and forth on it so much. When you talk to somebody who comes back, it's impossible to not be excited or, yeah. you know, kind of have a little draw to it when they're telling you the stories. Is that on your radar? I just like Brady though I keep come keep coming back to there's so much more stuff I want to hunt in here? North America you know like yeah. between Mexico to Canada like there's still so much here I want to do and I just don't want to I don't want to bite off that time and investment to go to Africa yet you know yeah, so sure. I just kind of lose sight of it someday though but I've always, I always thought like Gimsbuck though are this the most gorgeous animal of all time like you see their face you see their horns you see all the the you know coloring on the legs the belly area like mm-hmm. so that classic animal so i've always seen it my whole life you know like i was thinking about the other day like sitting down with my mom and dad back in the day you know like watching like discovery channel or animal planet and you see all these like crazy <laughs> stuff from over there it's like see, all zebras those, that's the one i yeah, want to zebras are pretty cool too everybody's always like oh, i would never shoot a zebra but i would that's like the first animal if i went to africa i would want to shoot a zebra. Yeah. Yeah, rugged. Yeah. They just make the really most cool. incredible rugs. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, it's just you're shooting a horse. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd shoot a horse too. <laughs> yeah. If I get a tag in Nevada, I would shoot one every year. Yeah. I just find the one with the with the coolest markings, <laughs> the coolest color. I, I, yeah, I mean, at this point, they're such a disaster throughout the Southwest desert in that country. I yep. mean, I, yeah, I don't know why that doesn't bug me, but I would, uh, that would be for me, the zebra. Yeah. But a Gimsbuck, that's the one for you. Yeah. It was just. Uh, like yeah, I wish there's a bunch of other cool African animals, but this one just for me just stuck out as like it'd probably be my first one. 
Mm-hmm. Like honestly, if I went over there. So like, have you applied for them before in New Mexico and never drawn? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the crazy thing we'll get into. So like, obviously I've been thinking about these animals for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it costs a lot of money to apply for an Oryx tag. I guess I have to stay the state. Everyone knows what state it is. It's the only place you can really It's hunt the only them. place you can hunt Even though it, it, it hurts me it, right now to it, say it. It, <laughs> it literally like is driving me insane to say it. It would take somebody less than 30 seconds to figure out where to go Oryx hunting. There's only one spot. Yeah, so you so, can say it. Yeah. So yeah, it's in New Mexico. Yeah. Did you, uh, you got a comment about that, didn't you? Oh yeah. My buddy on uh, Facebook. Some, somebody commented on your Facebook. Not really my buddy. I'm on just your, trying to joke. On your Facebook post and said basically, essentially that you... Um, you kind of ruined her chances for people to draw. Yeah, this post basically totally decimated his chance to ever draw one of those tags. Gotcha. And I had to, I had a long conversation with him. It was really nice, but I just wanted to fully explain to him all the reasons like, Hey bud, I get what you're saying. I totally do. Uh, he had some sheep photos posted up and I was like, it's kind of the same thing with sheep and different things. And I guess I know sheep are, you know, it's kind of the same thing with any species. Any species, yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he was proud and, of it, and, and so he wanted to share limit, it. Any limited entry draw species. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it's a limited draw. Yeah, and I understand he wants to do this, and it's like, well, there's ways he could have done it, like the way I did it, you know, went through a guy to draw, which we'll get into, yeah. to increase your odds. But, like, I get I get his side of it, and I hope he gets my side of it, too. And it's just like, I'm very happy for this moment. I got to share it with my dad. I, I've, you guys mentioned it before. I love hunting with my family. That's, like, a big thing to me, and I'm going to post a photo of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not going to, like, it's different, I know, because, like we said, or, oryx, is, you can only hunt them in New Mexico, so I get that part. It's not like I post a deer, and it's like I'm not wrecking all the deer opportunities. I don't ever say what state I shoot the deer in. Um, but to that yeah, point, though, funny. too, there's, oryx is only going to speak to so many people. It's, you know it's, it's I mean? expensive it's like, to do it. It's expensive to take time off. Yeah. Like, so how many people are really excited about it? It's like antelope hunting. You know, I don't know a lot mm-hmm. of, like, my friends back in the Midwest, they're not really jacked about going antelope hunting because it's... An antelope, you know, it's smaller. Sucks to suck, man. Don't want, hunt them. I'll I keep want, them all to myself. Yeah. I want to get into like what the the actual logistics of hunting them are because I think for a lot of people, myself included, I haven't ever done a whole lot of research. Yeah. It hasn't been like a species for me that I've been like, oh, that's one I want to hunt. You know, I, I've been mm-hmm. more interested in, uh, you know, ibex or, you know, Barbary sheep. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Orcs hasn't been like up there for me because of the plains aspect of it. Yeah, I don't know. And the then other guys the, are in the mountains. Well, what's, then, what's your deal? Yeah, and then the other uh, the other thing that you think about orcs is like you, you've got on range orcs. Yep. And then you've got off range orcs. Mm-hmm. And I never really dug in to do enough research to understand like what your chances might be of doing public land DIY uh, orcs on off range. You know, my understanding was just kind of, and again, this is just you know my naive. How do you say the word? Naivete. Naivete. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm super sophisticated. Yeah. So it might be, it might be that I'll just uh, use, I'll just okay. say that it might yeah. be that, but like I, my understanding was I was thinking that there was not enough public land to essentially go around, go down and do like a DIY type hunt on my own, you know? So I'd never really done a due diligence to, yeah. to look into it and just, just hasn't really been on my radar. Yeah. So I haven't, like I said, I haven't applied for it ever. Mm-hmm. And this is what people probably get mad about because I know people applying for them a long time. And you guys were talking about the Brady Miller luck or whatever you guys said in the last podcast. Like that was the first time I've ever applied for orcs in New Mexico. And that's why, you know, a state like New Mexico with basically, you know, it's random, no point, no point system. It's a great state to apply in. I've yeah. always, I've always shot for the stars on mule deer. I've always tried to draw an odd ad tag. I've never drawn an odd ad tag in New Mexico. I've always struck out. Uh, so last year, I was like, I want to finally do an orcs tag. Did a bunch of research on Insider, obviously. Tried to pick out some. I, I, you know, like we just touched on, you have on range and you have off range. On range is typically a two or three day hunt. Mm-hmm. Highly yeah. regulated. Yeah. Uh, 
once in a lifetime for the most part. There's mm-hmm. uh, some of those on-range hunts. McGregor Range is actually not a once-in-a-lifetime one. For the most time, it's once-in-a-lifetime. So you draw it, you can't ever draw one again. Um, those are like s- low single-digit odds, mm-hmm. like severely difficult draws. But that's where like majority of the Oryx are on on-range because they kind of do want to keep them on-range. So it's a short hunt, which is kind of stressful as well. You can't scout. You're basically yeah. just showing up and going as hard as you can for whatever it is, two or three days to try to do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then once I know I, I wanted to apply, I started researching a bunch of off-range stuff. I started looking at, you know, they have month-long season dates, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And so I think they start in uh, June and every month from there on out for a little while. And I have a couple month break in the middle, but like, you know, I was, I was like, which season dates would be best for me? Well, I obviously draw odds are going to be better during the fall because like September, October, because we'll know everyone want, everyone's hunting big game, other big game species mm-hmm. during September, October. So you actually have some decent draw odds then, but the hardest draw odds are when it's cold out. Like it's really difficult to draw some of those ones that are in like quote unquote the winter, like, you know, January, February, that type of thing, because yeah. it's enjoyable to be out there. It's like, what's the shittiest time of year with the best draw odds? Well, it's freaking August. Do you know with that species, are there times of year when it's more conducive to hunting them? Like is there a rut, you know, they, quote they, unquote? They, when I was talking to Ryan, I, Ryan I would and Cole. That there probably is. I just don't know anything yeah. about it. Ryan and Cole said their gestation period is pretty quick and they actually can uh, go into like two different uh, ruts. They breed twice a year? They can, yeah. Kind of like kind of like sheep in a sense. They have like mm-hmm. those yeah. weird things where they yeah, can do multiple do. times. Uh, so yeah, population's strong. But like I think coming up here quick was like going to be an oryx, potential oryx rut during the hot part of the year. So there's not really any, any difference between no. hunting them no. later, later in the year. Talking to them, like no. Mo- more animals matter. available. Migra- it's, just, it's just cooler out so you can hunt harder and hunt all day. There's no migration aspect to an oryx? Nope, no migration. It's flat desert land. Super, super flat. And so, like I said, I did all the research, figured I wanted to do an off-range hunt and I uh, wanted to in- increase my draw odds. And, you know, I got some good friends who own an outfit, Blackhorn Guide Service. So reached out to them, asked if I could, you know, put in the guide to draw, which the guide to draw is gonna give me a little bit better odds. Um, so I have to be contracted with them, don't hunt with them. And uh, yeah, Cole and Ryan, we know we've had Ryan mm-hmm. on the podcast a bunch. And uh, those guys are absolute studs. You've hunted with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we started planning and then, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna apply for Orcs. You know, didn't expect the draw. And uh, you and I trail were actually on our Audad hunt. Oh, that's right. In, in Texas. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and I, I, we were sitting up there on the mountain. We actually had services one spot. We both had uh, just killed. Mm-hmm. We both had just killed our, our uh, Audad. And uh, I couldn't remember my New Mexico password. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I checked mine. Mine were all red. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I could not remember my freaking password. And I didn't have it saved in all my like password saving things. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to oh. know if I drew, which sucks. And uh, all of a sudden, like the next morning, I got a text from Ryan. He's like, holy shit. He's like, you drew Oryx and you drew deer. Like those are the only two I applied for last year. So yeah. I, I went 100% in New Mexico, which is pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. So for those of you that don't apply in New Mexico, when you get your draw results back, you go into your account and you look at the hunts that you applied for and they're kind of listed out in a graph and a table. And if you didn't draw... It's red. It's red. The whole thing's blocked out red. If you did draw, it's blocked out green. So it's pretty quick. You just look down the list. If they're all red like mine were, I mean, you know, you're disappointed the rest of that day. But <laughs> yeah. You, so you, you had a... Yeah, yeah, yours but, was a bad experience. Mine was a phenomenal experience. Yeah, but Brady was two for two. I was two for two, and I was like, "Shit, I should have applied for more tags in New Mexico." But it's expensive because you got to find that money. It yeah, is, I yeah. drew. I drew a desert bighorn sheep tag in New Mexico. So, do you remember that year? Did you apply for everything or just desert bighorn? I know? applied for desert. I applied for deer and elk. Gotcha. 
So you were in Drew Desert. You were into it a fair amount. Yeah. Yes, I was. (laughs) Yes, I was. (laughs) That's like one of those. Clearly worth it, though. Yeah, clearly worth it. That's one of those things you see it. You see it. uh, You see results, and there's like it's a double-edged sword. You're like, well, there went, you know, however many grand, you know, that I've got to figure out how to come up with. But I get to go hunt sheep. So just yeah, but I was in my mid twenties, and I was hunting desert bighorn sheep. Like it was crazy. Super cool. Yes, we found out results on the mountain, which I thought was really, yeah. really unique. And I hadn't even looked yet. And I'm like, I'm already excited about taking an odd ad in Texas. And now I have this hunt coming up that I guess they're planning for again. So it was like... Mr. Exotic. Right yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, a crazy, <laughs> it's a crazy year. And like... Dude, deer went out the window he's, real he's fast. No longer mule, and elk. Yeah, he's no longer mule deer Jesus. Just he's a, Mr. Exotic. <laughs> Exotics and elk. It could be your male exotic dancer named Mr. Exotic. Uh, man, out, but... The thing that always is funny, though, you never know what tags you're going to draw. And that's why, like, you know, that whole, like we talk about all the time, the multi-state strategy, applying for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what this year, like, I'm just riding a crazy high the last, like, two years of drawing a lot of tags, having the points for tags, being scrappy and doing OTC. But, like, it pays off. Like, I've, like, I don't know if it's, it's bad to say, but I've already killed four big game animals by August. Yeah. In 2023, I've. That's not bad to say. That's, that's when you have a strategy, you will start you will start to hit your streak because you've been planning and preparing and kind of have it all staggered. I mean, yeah. that's, you're just in it right now. You're I, in your streak. I, I'm in the streak and I have a lot yeah. of points in other states still. Like I've set myself up to draw a lot of tags. And yep. Yeah. I don't always expect to draw, you know, a metric ton like I have the last two years, but, but one like, or two. I'll, yeah. So you, just, you said, you just said you've killed four big games before August. Yeah. And you still have, you still have tags going in. I still fall. also have a ton of tags. Do left. you have any reservations about that? Does it make you feel any sort of way? How do you feel about it? Reservations that have a lot of tags? Yeah, or like in I, terms of like you're putting meat in the freezer, you know, you're out hunting, you're killing animals. Do you have any reservations? Do you feel any sort of way about it? I, f- I feel amazing about it. I got to experience some crazy cool places with some cool friends and literally just keep honing my craft of trying to be the best hunter I can be. And so, like, yeah, I'm sure some people get upset. Like, oh, you like, you know, like I have a full freezer of meat all the time. And, you know, I'm, I definitely give meat away to friends if I need to, but it's like... I'm not taking any opportunities away from anyone else. A lot of these hunts are either easy to get at orcs is a little bit harder. You know, I've killed what an odd ad, a mountain lion, killed the black bear with Omar. Shout mm-hmm. out Omar. And uh Young Omar. Young Omar, yeah, sorry. Omar. And then an orcs already, and it's only August. So but it's like, got, I, I, like I'm a single guy now. Yeah. And so like I have opportunities to go and do some crazy things and I set up my whole life just to hunt. That's all I care about doing. I don't care about anything else in this world but going out and hunting. So if I can pick up tags and go do it, I will go do it. Well, I just heard that his freezer's already full, so at least half an Oryx. Can I like, know, and I've heard Oryx is the best me there too, is. Me too, that's so. where I'm going with it. At least half this Oryx <laughs> can bleed out to other people. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I'm saying, no, right? I, don't, I, I, I was talking to Jared in our office, and that's a funny story. He shot he shot in several Oryx before. And well, his military veteran was on the range there in New Mexico. Right. Yeah, so well, he, he, you can get those fairly. For a good reason. He should have been allowed to kill as many as he wanted for what he did. Yeah, 100%. And uh, at one point, he was going to give, uh, I don't know, a friend or something like that some meat. And so he went downstairs and grabbed some other freezer, and his wife saw those orcs meat. And she's like, you will put that back right now. <laughs> you do not gift out orcs meat. Huh. So I thought that was really cool. And everyone, you know. Yeah, I everybody says rumor, rumor on the streets is that it's the best eating. You got to bring yeah. it in so we can try it. Yeah, we, I was listening to guys like, we should definitely do a little barbecue. Yeah, yeah, I want to try it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far I've already, I mean, we're jumping way ahead, but yeah, obviously I killed an Oryx. But yeah, I, I cut up all the steaks this last weekend. I made uh, a ton of bratwurst, some bourbon flavored bratwurst. Mm. And then I made a bunch of pepper sticks. 
Ooh, pepper sticks with worms. And I was, and I was amazed. Like, sounds pretty good. Did you the, the steak some of it out? The amount of steaks I got. I don't really do a lot of steaks. Like you've heard me. I think mm-hmm. I've talked publicly about this. I will grind back straps and grind tenderloins and just make grind meat out of them. Like I don't do a lot of steaks because I don't I, I just like burger you're meat. weird. Yeah, because I'm weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an odd thing. That's Steaks weird. are delicious. Yeah, most people know I'm, I'm very odd. Be, I'm very odd person to begin with, and very you know detail oriented about things. And I'm just like, oh, I'm in the zone right now. I don't feel really feel like uh, doing steaks or getting my vacuum sealer. I'm just gonna grind these back straps. But uh, Oryx, I made a ton of steaks out of it. Nice. We'll have to throw one out on the trigger. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I want to try it. Yeah, me too. So you drew the tag. You got the tag. Drew the tag, and uh, that's when like kind of you know planning starts. I've never hunted Oryx. Mm-hmm. You know, hunt orcs. I've just leaned on, you know, Ryan and Cole, like, what's this hunt going to be about? You know, we've had them on before we actually talked about orcs. We like pulled mm-hmm. up that map, like orcs are a crazy animal. Uh, you know, all the vitals are kind of front of the shoulder. They have a big, like, you know, vertebrae column on their spine area. And, uh, remember the last pot, one of the podcasts we did recently, we were like, why do they call them orcs? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're gem- they call them Gemsbuck everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. Cause then Ryan, Ryan texted us and I actually have it written down on my notes right now. I'm going to read through it. So like, he gave the best explanation for this whole thing. And it actually makes a lot of sense. Like I, like before we did the podcast, I should know why we call them an Oryx and why they call them Gensbuck. It's like, I always try to do a bunch of my research on things, but this one, I just didn't do it. But like, so here's the reason right now. Oryx, I guess is the main genus name, but there are four subspecies. All right. You have Gemsbuck, you have Scimitar, Arabian and East African. So there's different subspecies of Oryx. They're all, uh, different visually, but basically, you know, besides for coloration, they're kind of the same. Scimitar is the white and orange. I think this is the white one. Yeah. Again, we should, if I'm correct, I, I don't you know. Got me. Yeah. But like, that's, right. the only one I, that's the only one I recognize yeah, as scimitar. It, it sounds right. So uh, there's four of them. And so okay. I was like, well, still, why do we call them Oryx over here and their Gemsbuck over there? It's like odd ad versus Barbary sheep in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like you hunt in Texas, it's odd ad, you know, in New Mexico, everyone calls them Barbary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here's the explanation. New Mexico oryx are Gemsbuck oryx, but we just call them oryx for reason known only to me as quote unquote, because that's just what we call them, <laughs> which I thought was a great so Gemsbuck. Yeah, they're basically a Gemsbuck. Gemsbuck uh, oryx. And, and supposedly the Gemsbuck are the largest and mo- most common of all the four oryx great. genuses species, or species. So if you bring them over, you might as well bring the biggest, right? Might as well bring yeah. the biggest one, yeah. So I can't remember exactly when they were reintroduced, but we had that podcast back in the day. We should probably pull that up. But it was like, uh, what, in the 60s? I think 50s or 60s is what, yeah, I think one of those two. Yeah, yeah. introduced them on range and, you know, just... You now know. that you've hunted a couple exotics this year, do you have any... Uh, would you like to see them added more opportunities oh, to other places? Trail. Like, how, are we, we going to talk about our secret text messages that may, you and I talk maybe about? Maybe <laughs> just re- real quick. I just, I'm curious. Yes. You think they should be? Yes. At the at the cost of native? Jeez. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> we both have a biology background, and here we are talking about bucket biology. Yeah, like, it's just, this, is just a, this is one of those funny ones because it's like you like to hunt, but then, you know. I, I am not everything. a biologist, though, so coming from me to you two that would have a lot more knowledge about this than, than myself, obviously, there's got to be a way to do both like on this on range thing, right? Like at what cost did it go to the natives? If there is any cost to the natives, then I would say, no, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Like that would be my clear answer is if there is a, a, a statistically significant amount of, uh, of a native, uh, like 
negative uh, effect. Yeah. Yep. Then I want to do it. Mm-hmm. But isn't there a way to do both? There's got to be a way to do There's both. There's probably some mountain ranges. Trail and I talked about this one little mountain range area, Canyon Country <laughs> thing. That would look great for Audad. <laughs> it would be great for works. We always joke when we go through there, like, oh man, just think of this terrain right now that we yeah. could have some. I just think they're such cool animals and they're such a fun opportunity to hunt. And I think it's really cool that New Mexico, you know, did, did that. Yeah, I love yeah. the fact that they exist in New Mexico. I don't want them. I don't want it to be at the cost of native wildlife. No, you can't and, ever do that. You know, but there's but, a lot of places you could probably drop them in there. But yeah, I just was curious as to if you had any thoughts about it. I do it. have a lot of thoughts. That's like, and to me too, it's like, okay, you know, we live in a state that you can't get a lot of tags. Like how fun would it be in some of these mountain ranges if we reintroduce some, obviously again, you know, not the cost of natives, but like, let's just get rid of a bunch of those feral horses everywhere and <laughs> put some stuff where we can actually, you know, do some hunting on it. Well, that one's a pretty, that one's a pretty straightforward cost to native wildlife. Like it's yeah. pretty, it's wild pretty apparent what wild horses are doing mm-hmm. yeah, and they're terrible. not wild horses. They are introduced horses. Yeah, they're feral. So is it, but it's tough. Like, uh, it's like any though introduced species. Like, you know, you look at like different things like up in Montana and Flathead Lake, you know, they introduced lake trout for a certain reason. And then it, you know, now it's impeding all the, you know, mm-hmm. endangered bull trout. So like it was introduced for a certain reason for sport fishing and for other causes. I can't really remember now my biology background just kind of gone. That might be one of these things. It's just kind of a pipe dream and fun to talk about, but yeah. in reality, probably, probably yeah, not. And, but, and Ryan yeah. and Cole were talking about like, uh, Oryx were introduced to, uh, what's it called? Creosil, Creosil or something like vegetation out there that's non-native that was from Africa in New Mexico on that area. And so they, that's why they kind of introduced them to the on range was to control this vegetation. But then once hmm. they got introduced there, bush? yeah, is it non-native non-native? Hmm. And, uh, he, he was saying then they obviously preferred something else. Like there's all these other vegetation. Yeah. Is it the buffalo grass that they African might, as that, well that, that they migrate? I, I don't know. Buff, buffalo, buffalo, buffalo grass, cheatgrass, cheatgrass. <laughs> That one is, I'm, I don't it's know. In Mexico. I don't know, buffalo grass, though. Oh. So it's like, yeah, you always introduce something to try to control something, and then they end up preferring something else. So it's like, okay, now we just have these animals here. But like, I don't know, like you said, it'd be sweet to have yeah. more animals to hunt in other places. But. Did, you, did you gauge much, inter- maybe I'm putting the cart before the horse getting down the road too far, but did you? do you have any kind of gauge on what populations are like? I mean, that's tough to say, in a sense. Uh, off-range hunts are tough. So I obviously had the, I had the off-range hunt. It's tough. It's a grind. There's not many animals? There's not many animals. And there, there is, but it's also not very conducive to uh, glassing and finding said mm. animals. Like a lot of times, you know, like they were joking, like usually go on, even on, because they know where to go, like Ryan and Cole. Like they, this is their living, you know, is mm-hmm. guiding on. Uh, they do a lot of their guiding for other species, but like they know it works. And... I said, yeah, we could, we could be done, done the first day. We could be done in 48 hours. And we took it to day five, just grinding it out. Yeah, I was passing a bunch of orcs, which we'll get into, which people say you should never pass an orcs. I wanted a giant. Um, but it was a hard hunt. There's not, I don't think there's a lot off range. Don't quote me on it, but it's like they can go anywhere. Like you don't know where they're going to be. And there's very easy terrain for them to hide. And it's so flat, you can't really glass it. Um, but on range... You know, there's definitely just a higher population of them in general. I don't know what the total population numbers would be, but probably certain. On, that's why on range is only like you know a two day or a three day hunt. So when you say that you know that when you said that they know where to go, they they obviously must be areas just like any animal that they prefer. Yep. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Did you get a sense of that? Like as you were out and you're covering country, you got a better idea of what to look mm-hmm. for in terms of vegetation, terrain. Yeah, but but that's what's crazy though too. Like <clears throat> we had two different uh, kind of terrain types that we kind of hunted. There was some flat flat stuff and then some other stuff with some more like kind of rollers with some akatias on it and uh, they were in both to a bigger degree but uh 
um, the bigger bulls were obviously, they're kind of by themselves. And so like you could just be glassing, just looking for one animal in one area that was kind of made it difficult, but other areas that they had, you know, some cows and some other stuff, like they were grouped up with, Mm -hmm. I think the biggest herd we saw was like eight, eight total. Um, but I definitely think though, like, like you're saying, like you just didn't know what the public land opportunities were. So kind of why you never do, if you wanted to go and do an off range hunt, you're doing it yourself by yourself. I think like with our knowledge of how to find animals and like, you know, once you get down there and try to figure out that terrain, like you could, you definitely do really well. Doable. I think it's hundred percent doable. Public land. Yep. Public land. Enough public land. To hunt. Enough public land. To hunt, Did yeah. you ever find that you were, you know, <laughs> impeded or essentially locked out of areas, areas that you, you would like to, or that look good that you couldn't hunt because of private? No, 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 no private issues. Just, you know, dealing with some of the, you know, on, on range stuff, like you can't hunt on range. Sure. So, um, you get to some of those areas. And you How close to, be, to the range do you think you were hunting? I Col- don't I mean, you don't want to say, I don't want to blow up an area, sure. but like you definitely, some areas you're, you know, hunting the border fence, okay. other areas you're way away from it, you know, checking that, checking things out. But it's like, you have to keep that in mind at all the time. And sometimes it's just hard to know Seen as well. Aliens. See an alien. Did what? you see no. any aliens? No. You any didn't? green eyes? Any no, weird floating no, objects? No, no. no. I, asked if can go, I asked if we can go to Roswell. I really wanted to make yeah. a trek over to Roswell. Me too. Sweet. I've never been. Never been. You ever been to Rachel, Nevada? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. The alien in? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So no, no aliens. Then. No aliens. I was, that's where I always go to when you think military base out in the middle of the desert. Yep. It's like, did you see any aliens? I, I mean, no, but I, I wanted to. Yeah. I mean, the government's saying the they're here. Yeah. Just so you saying. get down there first day, you meet those guys. I mean, what's, do they kind of lay out what the hunt is going to look like for you? Yeah. It's, uh, in just kind of animal, animal punting, running around, covering as many miles you can to pick up, trying to get as high as you can. You know, a lot of times we're standing on top of the cab of the truck, mm-hmm. on top of the coolers in the back of the truck. And I was like, why don't we just go drive all the way back to someplace and just go build a high rack really quick. Are they like a deer and elk where they're more active like morning and evening or are they pretty much out all day? Uh, they're pretty much out all day, but during the, like it was a record high temperatures when we were there. Like normally it's in like the mid nineties. We were well over a hundred. And uh, so we were hunting them heavily obviously in the morning heavily in the evening throughout the midday we're still hunting them as well but i think a lot of them were trying to find shade where they could that's a difficult thing over there. there's not a lot of shade i don't know how these animals actually survive out there i really don't are they shaded up bedded or are they they're kind of bedded but they, they say they don't bed for very long hmm. like we even notice them too they'll bed and then like 30 minutes later they'll stand up kind of like a horse you know stand up and like try to face the wind or whatever like get some wind on you they do a lot of standing around you standing always, around you always see yeah. those horses just kind of you know, standing, standing around, just but, standing. but it's, it's basically though you have to cover country because there's areas that they're there and there's areas that are just not, and it's so flat. Like there's not there, they're not there. You're not going to like all of a sudden kick one up, like bed it down because you can usually see their. I call them like black toothpicks. Like you can see the little black toothpicks, you know, sticking by yep. the brush, the big horns. So you guys are just basically driving, driving. How, How many miles cover- a day are you covering? You think? Oh, couple hundred. Yeah. Really? Oh gosh, yeah. We're covering so much ground. Like obviously, some of them are driving a little bit slower, checking things out. We're going on a bunch of little like random hikes here and there, um, just to try to get like try to get elevation. That was the main thing. So a lot of times we were uh, getting further away from the country we wanted to look at, and just getting at a little slight high point and glassing miles and miles of country. So any little any hill, hill, any kind of elevation that yeah. you could get up to, you're hiking out to it and, and sitting down and putting the glass. To. Yeah, but that's the hard thing though too, is because uh, you have you know, mirage heat waves. Mm-hmm. And so that's why like the mornings were very vital. Like we have to like really try to 
you know, getting our best spot possible that we think that where the orcs are going to be in the morning and try to do all of our long distance glassing right away in the morning, try to pick apart little areas. I see, okay, there's no orcs there. There's no orcs there. We can, let's try to judge them really quickly because once that sun, you know, maybe it was around like 9am or something like that. Once it's there, you're really cut on how far you can glass. Are you getting up early? Oh you, I mean, you, that, that's you? the other difficult thing about, like I said, this hunt was a complete challenge. Cause you had to get up and get going. Well, cause it's, it's daylight. <laughs> yeah. Brady yeah. loves to sleep. Yeah. I love to sleep. But yeah. <laughs> But uh, it's, da- it's daylight for so long. So yeah, you have like long 13, days. 13 and a half, 14 hours of daylight. And uh, so by the time you get back every, every night, you're hunting until late at night. Like in the fall, it gets dark at five, you know, like yeah. you have a lot of time. But like you're hunting so late. By the time you drive back to camp, because I said we're covering country. Are you base camping then? Yeah, we had a wall tent set up. Okay, so you're not, That's you're cool. going back to wall tent every night. Yeah, we're going back to wall tent, yeah. And uh, we put our wall tent out in the middle of nowhere away from some roads because, uh, you know, we're, there's some traffic let's say in the area that could be going through there mm-hmm. i won't discuss what kind of traffic but there could be some some traffic going through you never would know. you put an ing on the ending of traffic <laughs> traffic <laughs> ing, yes. traffic ing. so we put our wall tent way, off, traffic. Way, off, way off the main road but yeah. uh so by the time you get to your wall tent every night by the time you eat food like the first night we had uh cole cooked up some ball of ribeyes mm-hmm. i haven't had a beef steak and I don't know how long. Yeah. It was pretty good. good. It was pretty good. <laughs> it's good. It was pretty good. <laughs> Let's just be honest. It was pretty good. Uh, but then by the time you eat really quickly, and all the other nights we were having, uh, you know, just freeze-dried meals. Mm-hmm. But every night we're going to bed at like 1130, yeah. and we're not hanging out at camp because, like, it's still 85 degrees out when you get back in the dark. Like, there's no cooling off at night. So at night you're sweating. You're not getting great sleep, which is why I love data and, like, you know, tracking all the mm-hmm. stuff on, on, you know, my whoop strap thing like it was pretty cool like i was literally getting like four hours to maybe four and a half hours of sleep a night and then we're waking up at 4 a.m mm-hmm. you know i'm pounding coffee having some milk really quick and then we're on the road trying to drive to our first glassing spot and try to you know cover that what's first the fuel situation like scary are you, you, are you carrying a bunch a of extra tanks oh yeah we have a lot of jugs yeah and so then one, it, of those, one of those ones where i was joking with my dad i wish we would have carried a 55 gallon fuel drum like yeah. we used to do that hunting a lot in yeah. uh, a certain state in the West. You have enough fuel to get you through the five days? Are you guys going back to refuel? No, we, we ended point? up going back once. Like yeah. we were just checking out different areas and we just said, Let we, let's just make a long haul. We resupply some ice and some coolers. And uh, so one of the days he actually, you know, went off way off in the town. Like towns are nowhere nearby either. Like there's no cell phone service right there. That's, it's your, your remote. It reminds me of like one of their more remote places just because you have to be so far out there. So are you seeing orcs then? Yeah. Every, every, every day. Pretty much every day. So the first day, um, first day, like we started driving in, that's when I got my first glimpse of an Oryx. And uh, I was like, a, I don't know what you call a kid on Christmas. Like I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I saw an Oryx, I told him to stop. Like I was always driving, so I, I stopped. But uh, Cole was up in front and he stopped his truck and we were looking at it and I was like, this is the most gorgeous animal I've ever seen in my life. How far out? 250 yards. Well, close then. Yeah, it was a cow. Um, How do you tell the difference between a cow and a bull? Uh, for the most part, they're just a little bit skinnier. Size the obvious. And they're, yeah. <laughs> the obvious. Uh, there's a little bit skinnier horn and usually typically there could be longer horn. And so it's kind of really hard to tell. So really just horns. Horns, just yeah, horns, horns mass, the, horns the mass yeah, and It's like a mountain goat yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And then the obvious, he's, you know, just looking around. Yeah. Did you take you the time creep to, looking around body parts. Did you take the time to do that? No. Or did did those guys kind of have like a pretty decent <laughs> idea? Like, yeah, that's a cow. Yeah, most of the time they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a cow. You can just like, just you the tell the difference? 
I don't know. No, you couldn't have? Not really. Yeah. Have never seen them. No reference, right? No, no reference at all. But like once you start seeing a few of them, you could be like, all right, it seems like this group is probably a bunch of cows. And all of a sudden you see some other ones that are like, you know, a little fatter horned and they're a little bit short horned because they're younger. And like, okay, those ones are bulls because I can just, yeah, you think like tell. a young It was bull. like a group of bulls in, in a sense where it was a group of cows. Like, um, so it's not my first one. I thought it was the most amazing experience of my life. Like literally it was like, this is why I'm here right now. These things are absolutely gorgeous. And I was like, I had to pinch myself. Like I have an Oryx tag. I've always wanted to home one of these things. Super cool. So like, that was, that was the drive in. And I've only, that drive over that, well, that night before I got w- one hour and 45 minutes of sleep. So I was dogging. Yeah. But I was super excited. Saw my first orcs. Do they call a female orcs a doe? Cow. A cow. Cow and bull. Cow, bull, so cow. an antelope, you call it a, a doe antelope. Yeah. yeah. It's really, really weird. Antelope, it's really interesting. But you, you call it a bull and a cow then? Bull and a cow. Do you call cow. it a calf? It's a calf then? Yeah, a calf. Seeing calves? Uh, we only saw two calves. I can imagine like a calf that works as a cute little bugger. They get, oh, they're, they're brown. Their, their, their body's brown. Oh, really? They're yeah, dark. Totally different color. When do they change color? Just when I think they're maturing and get a little huh. bit older. That's interesting. You couldn't really tell any difference between a male and a female as far as coloration goes. Not a coloration, no. Pretty no. much the same color. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And so you know, it was crazy, like you're saying, like that, that first day, like how many, how many orcs we're seeing. Um, the first day we hunted him and we only saw two orcs that entire day. Mm-hmm. I passed up the bull that I ended up killing on the second to last day. Um, saw him right away that first, first full day of hunting. And uh, Ryan looked over at me and he's like, oh, yeah, I'd shoot that in a heartbeat. Broken horn? Broken horn. But the thing is weird, though. Everyone always says broken horn. Like, here's you guys talk about broken horn on another podcast. Like, I don't, technically, I don't know if my bull would can be considered a broken horn bull if you had the broken horn only hunt that's on range. Because broken horn only has to be at least 25% broke, 25% or more broken on the one side. So it's not just any chip brokenness. It's like a certain measurement on the horn, like wherever the longest one is, that other one has to be 25% or more to be considered a broken horn on a broken horn only mm. hunt. And mine wasn't a broken horn only hunt. It's either sex, anything goes. Yeah. But like, yeah, that, and I, when I saw that, I wanted to pass it up because I wanted, you know, both of them intact. I wanted a giant old bull. And someone even commented like, oh, you said you were going to try to shoot a giant trophy and you ended up not shooting a giant trophy. But uh my bull is still a giant trophy, but it's just broken. And uh, I, it was first day, and you know, the mass was incredible. They're both like, wow, we've never – like they – Ryan and Cole both said they've never seen a bull with that much mass. So you saw that bull mass. opening day? First day, yep. First day. First day, right in the morning, probably 7.30 in the morning, glass Yeah, up. that's a little easier to pass up. Yeah, it's like we had a whole giant hunt ahead of us. You yeah. Know? Like everyone always says that saying, it's, oh, you never pass something the first day, you shouldn't the last day. I will pass something the first day all the time, you shouldn't the last day because, again – that's more hunting experience I get. That's more time with my dad. I'm hunting with my dad. My dad traveled a long way from Minnesota to be there. I've never hunted orcs. I want to soak it all up. Why would I want to tag out right away there without having, having to look at the species? I want to enjoy hunting those species. I want to immerse myself in hunting a new terrain and new animals and hanging out with my friends. Did you get the sense that if you pass that bull up uh, and talking to those guys that have hunted him more that you could probably find that bull again? No. 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 They said uh, that was, a, that was like one of the cool things. Like, so you, like see, you, you see an oryx? You're, you probably not, you're probably not going to see that orcs again. Gotcha. So if you're really excited about it, you better shoot it. Better shoot it because they're so, uh, what would be the term, nomadic. Mm-hmm. They don't really kind of hang out in the same area day after day. Like they will cover country. Like they don't need a lot of water. And even though that has vegetation there, and, but I don't think they really have a home range. They'll just cover country. Hmm. Like they'll just be gone. And, These uh, aren't so, antelope at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the only, uh. big, that's one of the big dif- difference, differentiators with other animals. So like we saw that and they're like, Ryan's like, I would shoot that. 
but he's like, I've also shot, you know, shot a couple other orcs before, like mm -hmm. a big clean horn, shot a really goofy one. He's like, that orcs is amazing. Look at the mass on that thing, and look how long the other side was. Like, and the other one that's broke, it, it didn't break till way high up on the horn. It's not like it's broke way down below. But he's like, I, I guarantee we'll find more. We'll find more oryx, you know. So I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to pass this one up. We did see a bunch of mule deer, by the way. Oh yeah, really? Oh, boy, oh boy. Good ones. No, uh, it's hard to it's hard to tell. They're still not grown up there yet. Yeah, they're not. You can't even really see the you know G two G three. It's kind of just kind of going. But like good frame, good mass. eye guards, mass. Yeah, yeah, a lot of mass. That's awesome. Uh, they were easy to spot compared to an oryx because like they were there in the same spots every day. We kept going back to like, oh yeah, there's a mule deer again. Do there's they blend in pretty good? And orcs. Orcs. Yeah, just based on like their pattern or their 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 height. I'd say cape. yes, depending on where they're at. Like if they're in some of the. Uh, you know, higher rock areas. It seemed like to me it was easier to pick out mm -hmm. or like not, I wouldn't say rocks, just more of these different terrain and Akatias, but they were down like the vegetation, like flatland stuff. It was yeah. kind of hard with all the haze and stuff to pick them up. But once you actually saw one or saw it move, you're like, oh yeah, it's an orcs. One thing I'd saw somewhere, I don't know, online, but they said one of the, like the easiest parts to pick up is just that swish and tell. Cause yeah. they've got that oh, long yeah. black tail the, the, with the long, long hair tail. on it. And they're just always swishing it back and forth to yep. probably flip flies or whatever it is they're doing. But mm -hmm. So now they're super cool. But they did say, like, Brady, you know you're crazy for passing right now, too. Like, we know you can find more oryx, but just realize, like, That's a big mo one. most people don't pass oryx. Like, when you go on an off-range hunt especially, mm -hmm. or even on-range hunt, you're kind of shooting the first one you see. You know, obviously, you might pass up one if it's super broke or just way too goofy or whatever. But, like, most people don't pass up on off-range because, it, like I said, it's, it's a tough hunt. I was like, I'm fine to do this. We passed it up. Start driving around more, checking out some other country, hike some new areas. And... uh Oh, my dad's calling me. Speaking <laughs> of that, he's wants to talk about hunting. And put him live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put him on. Uh, and then uh, that evening, I passed up another oryx. It was a really small cow, like a very small cow, like maybe like, I don't know, maybe 29 inches, maybe 30. What's a big oryx? 36. Okay. 35, 35, 36. Um, we had heard a rumor. This was the other reason why I passed that bull up opening day. We heard a rumor of a 40-incher. Oh, wow. Four, like, 40, so I've, I've heard... Ryan and these guys talk about it. 40 is like the 200 or 400 mule deer yeah. elk kind of thing, right? That's like that's absolute that, giant. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, the ghost number that everybody talks about. Yeah. But again, it could be something that's very un unattainable too. Yeah. Like, and they're so hard to judge. Yeah. Like we were talking about like, okay, can you really judge a 36 bird or 35 like on the hoof? It's probably some comparison you can make between the length of their face. I would think if you looked yep. at they, them. They, they talk you, about the you, face If a you lot. got into it, just based on what I know about other animals, yep. I know that you can yeah. probably draw some conclusions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I passed up another cow in the evening. Um, just, you know, wanted to pass. It wasn't was what I thought it was going to be. Um, but, yeah, then uh, I think we had a couple of days where uh, we really, really struggled to find oryx. Like we found some, uh, was it here, day two? Yeah, day two. Uh, day two was tough. I don't think we saw any oryx on day two of the hunt. So after that first day, the next day it was uh, – a rough one just driving around in the heat just getting <laughs> like we, we, we obviously were covering country in a pickup but like you know we have four dudes in a pickup <laughs> and i feel bad because like hey brady you sit in the front and i'm like no i'd rather have someone else sit in the front but like no yeah but i heard that heard the my dad and uh ryan were in the back seat and they were uh their bodies were just absolutely destroyed from all the miles you put on all the rough roads but that truck smelled really good too yeah oh yeah Oh, yeah. It's a different kind of hunt. I know, I, I mean, you could look at it in different ways, but I, I mean, typically that type of hunt doesn't sound like super appealing to me, just like driving yeah. and glassing and driving and glassing. I mean, 
it's okay to do that for a day. Like if you've been antelope hunting and you hunt that way, it's, it's no wonder. I mean, I always tell people in Wyoming, if you draw an antelope tag up there, you know, how do you kill a big one? Well, guys that kill big antelope usually in Wyoming are the guys that can just hold off the trigger can just cover miles window time. Yeah. And I think it gets really uncomfortable for a lot of people pretty quick. You know, Mm -hmm. you can only drive so long on a dirt road before you're just completely bored stiff of it. And you're like, that one will do. Yeah. And you shoot one. That's why I like antelope hunting, though. That's what draws <coughs> yeah. me to it. To find a big one is fun. It's a different kind of it's grind. A lot for of sure. digging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd rather be hiking around. Yeah, like, honestly. Like, but it is. It takes a mental toll on your body to like. All right, sit in the heat. Go hike up here in the heat to try to glass. Like all these different. I don't know hunting strategies. That's why I like hunting new places. Though it's like just learning you, something new. Your image stabilize stabilization binoculars. Those SIGs, they work out pretty good. Oh yeah. As you're driving. 16 oh, powers. We, there, there was you probably a, went through a battery this hunt, huh? <laughs> Actually, uh, I did go through a battery. Yeah, I did. Um, so I've been using the, the brand new ones, the, the 16s that have uh, the super stabilization, super stabilization mode on them. But at some point, we were driving around, and there was some like antelope. I think we had an Oryx once on, this, on the side of the road. And I was like, yeah, keep driving, guys. Like, you want to stop to look at them? I'm like, no, keep driving. I got stabilization binos. Mm-hmm. So I handed my dad, and he's like, holy gosh. Like I could literally glass them as we're driving and see them. Yeah, obviously it's like slightly bouncing around, but it's not bouncing around to like a degree normal binos would be. Yeah. But yeah, I could go on a rant for hours on those, how amazing those things are. Like I've said before, I, people will sell their Swaros and if you actually picked up those, you'll realize how big of a game changer it is. And I'm, I know I'm saying that, it sounds like a strong statement, but I fully, fully believe in it. I believe that no one's paying me. No one's paying me to say that either. No one's. No one's paying me. I believe that you believe in that. Okay, I'm not. It's, I'm it's not come there across yet, clear. I'm really excited to to use mine. Yeah. Should have yeah. been using them already, but. Well. So day three, you're on day three. Yep. I, I missed part of day one too. We had a giant rainstorm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's what, right. what Ryan was saying. Flash uh, flood. A, a New Mexico hurricane. Ah. Was, so it was kind of a desert hurricane. He was describing it. But yeah, it flooded everything. Everything was flooded. Every road, every ditch. It rained for probably over an hour. And uh, yeah, driving in the roads, like everything all of a sudden became a pond. You're putting in four-wheel drive, trying to drive through all this stuff. Like it was, it was pretty insane. But then uh, the third day, um, we had another rainstorm in the afternoon, which we'll get to. But uh, so it rained a lot while we were out there, even though it was really hot. So it rained and then it got crazy hot. But morning of the third day, we set up as a high point again, glassing all this flat country. And uh, we've been glassing for a while, hadn't seen anything. Of course, we're seeing a metric ton of antelope. Like they're easy to spot out there. Like they hang on the same spot every day. We found a group of three oryx. One looked giant, one looked goofy, and one was broken. And when I say broken, it was like broken like five inches up. What do you mean goofy? It is. I described it as an oryx that uh, somehow made it with a doll sheep. Oh, it's got some curl to it. Full curl. Full. Cur- I'm talking going up. Curling down by him? the nose. Why I'd the hell did him. you not shoot him? Yeah, I'd shoot him. Yeah, dude, it was goofy. Full curl orcs? That's a video of it. I can <laughs> Why show you would you not shoot him? Both sides curled? Both sides curled. They, no went, they went straight back and curled down and came up towards its face. How long? Yeah, I don't know, 25 inches. So pretty good one. Yeah. Mass? Just, did it have mass? No, it was really skinny looking. Huh. But I'm like, it was like growing near its face. I didn't get a good look at it. But he's like, oh yeah, sometimes it'll grow into their face. Yeah. Like that's uh, a that's... horrible, like if I had that happen to me, I would be just like, beating against a rock all day trying to break the horn. I wonder what causes that. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it's genetic or if those got busted up or bent up when yeah, he's pedi- or something. Yeah, pedicle. I guess I don't know if they have a pedicle to horn, right? Yeah. So we so we spotted those ones. We're like, all right, we gotta go after them. Like we, I, we cut the distance and we so we looked on Go on maps, found some roads that we could go drive down to kind of cut the distance off because we're way up on this high point. 
got all the way down there and all of a sudden right when you get down there you you can't find them anymore obviously this is where like you know marking waypoints use a rangefinder tool all comes into play like mm. marking exactly where the animal's at marked where they're at drove down these roads um parked the truck got out a little bit and we're like okay there they are the way off in the distance i could kind of see them like the topography then wasn't totally flat but you could just see their again black toothpick sticking above the brush it's like there they are let's go on a long stock uh got some digiscope of them uh, my dad elected to stay there because we we're going to hike as fast as we can because like when these orcs are feeding especially with feeding away from us they said like you, you won't catch up to them yeah like you will not catch up to them they just go and go and go they don't stop and mill around they feed very quickly as they're just walking or just in terms of senses, is it eyes, ears, or oh eyes, nose? I don't know if I've hunted anything that's great as better eyesight than orcs. So eyesight's the ticket. Like they pick you up and they're gone. Gotcha. And when these things, like we were, for a while, I was like, why when we spook them, do they run and they just keep running? Like they never stop. Like deer, elk, every animal will stop and like give you a shot opportunity or something like mm-hmm. that or, or an opportunity to glass them again. We started thinking about it. It's like, well, where did they originate? Africa. What was chasing them in Africa? Lions cheetahs hmm. everything and when those things you know they're yeah. constantly being chased so like their their defense mechanism is just to run and run and run and run and just go uh so we started stalking these oryx again i can see the goofy horn one i can see the big tall one big tall one's probably like we th- figured like 36 37 it was a, it was a cow oh it was a cow yeah big cow wow uh and again i could shoot either or mm-hmm. bull or cow and uh we started stalking them my dad stayed back by the truck because like we have to basically run at these things as fast as we can we'd wait for them to get out of sight and again getting out of sight it's not much topography change so we're just like running after them walking trying to get the wind right we figured we had the wind right at one point we got to like 900 yards and uh, we could see him walking around we saw one kind of looking towards us but the sun was you know at our back because the sun was rising and all of a sudden you just like feel something bad happening the wind starts switching and we're like mother effer and all of a sudden look at those oryx and they're just fucking running he picked you up from that far. Picked us up from 900 yards. Yeah, like we like we couldn't really see us. Yeah, they might have been able to see little objects moving, but the sun was behind us. Mm-hmm. But also, they picked up our scent, and like they have really good eyesight, and they definitely like sense a big thing too. And they just ran, mm-hmm. and they ran, and they ran, <laughs> and we tried to we tried to loop back around, try to find them again, couldn't find them. Hiked all the way back, found a couple horny toads, which I thought was cool. Yeah, took some pictures of them. They shoot blood out of their eyes. <laughs> Did you make him do that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I would feel bad. <laughs> so uh, hiked all hiked all the way back to the truck. My dad's just sitting. It's like, yeah. Once you guys got like a little bit ways away, the orcs got a sight, and that's been kind of chilling. I'm like, oh, I felt so bad for my dad. Like, I was glad I didn't kill. Yeah. Because I want my dad with me, and he's like, you know, didn't want to hike as fast. But my dad can definitely hike, but it's like we had to hike really fast, and like more bodies there could probably spook him to so open. So we got back, loaded loading the truck, looped back around, ended up relocating him again. Um, but just couldn't get on them. They just kind of kept, just kept going, kept, kept going. going. And, uh, like, all right, we'll go check out some new areas. But like, that's kind of what's hard though. Like it's hard to see them. And then now it's midday. And so now it's like midday kind of suck. Cause now it's like, you know, you're going to sit in a truck the rest of the day and drive around and try to hopefully like find another high spot or hike out to a high spot in the heat. And it's, you know, m- multiple days it was 106. Mm-hmm. And like, you're going out sitting on rocks or even sitting on a glassing pad, like you're just drenched of sweat at all times. And then you decide to get back to the truck and that truck smells lovely. <laughs> I'm sure it smells just so good. I'm thinking through that part lovely. of it. <laughs> uh, Everybody's thinking it. Yeah. 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 Just, I, I mean, bet as it soon, smells so As soon as you good. said four dudes in a truck, yeah, everybody's immediately. mind immediately went to how <laughs> yeah. bad does that truck smell? Yeah. But then we thought of this crazy idea. We're like, maybe a side-by-side could be a pretty good use. I mean, we didn't have a side-by-side. So we... uh 
decided to in reach one of Cole and Ryan's friends, see if he'll drive us, drive partway over to where we're at and uh, meet up with us to let us borrow one of their side-by-sides, a four-seater. So we wasted a whole chunk of time that day making a long-ass drive across New Mexico to go pick up a side-by-side. And I felt really bad for the guy, I can't remember what his name is, but he drove halfway and met us. It's a good friend. Yeah, really good dude. And it's like, that's what's cool though about like, you know, the hunting community and just friends in general, like to drop everything and be like, all right, I'm going to go home, get a side-by-side, I'll throw on the trailer and I'll meet you there just to like, because he wants us to have another tool in our yeah, arsenal that we yeah. could potentially use. Drove all the way over, got the side-by-side, drove all the way back. And as we're driving back, we uh, instantly hopped off. And now we only have a little bit of time in the afternoon. Unloaded everything, hop in the side-by-side. And as you're driving in the side-by-side, you can just uh, see this nasty rainstorm coming. And my dad at one point was like, you guys know we're driving into the rainstorm, right? And it was kind of raining a little bit. And it's like, I was like, oh yeah, it looks like straight hell over there. Just black and everything. Kept going that, that direction. We're just getting all of a sudden pelted by like rain, hail. And it's an open, has a top <laughs> on it, but there's no windows on the <laughs> side. So we're just getting drenched. And all of a sudden pulled up side by side and angled a little bit so we can try to get out of the rain. We're like, uh, yeah, let's not keep going this direction. Like we're trying to check out some new areas. That's why we're using a side by side with that because we can cover more country faster. Let's go back to the spot where we uh, ran into those three earlier and just check that area out because we don't have a lot of time and it's not raining over there. So because of the rain, turned all the way around, went back to that same spot. We get over there, boom, picked up those three. But the problem was we picked up those three and we're glassing. I'm like, all right, well, they're way away from this road right now. They're in some topography. looks like you can stalk them. Let's just drive by them, go way away from them park and those make a stock on them so are they cool with vehicles like they're not as bad with vehicles well it's, it's nice because uh for the most part uh cole's truck is white and so it's that white like yeah, oil yeah. rig looking thing you know so they're kind of fine with it i don't you always hear about that in like antelope and other species but like they just see those trucks stopping all the time it's okay we're like <laughs> now we're in side by side though and we're like okay well we're just gonna get away from them park it and make a long loop and try to cut them off because they're they're working towards the uh towards the east and we're just going to, you know, do a little triangle and try to cut them off. Because, again, they're just walking and walking, getting away from us. So as we devise that plan, and we're starting to drive down the road to get away from them, not a sight, to then get over hill and park and then hike, we found eight more orcs. Oh, wow. Eight oh, heard we never even knew it was there. And we've been glassing that for multiple mornings, but it's like nomadic. Like, where do these, these things come from? Yeah. And then we're looking at them. These things are close, like really close to the, the side-by-side. And uh, we're all like, are these are there any of them big here? Like, should we make a stock on it quick and try to shoot one of them? Like, what's going on? But we're like, that one over there, the one from this morning, that big cow, we know she's big. Like, let's just leave these be right now because they're not really paying attention to us. And go try to stock that big cow. And if need be, we can come back. But we should gave them a look, right? You looked at we, the gave a quick, we gave them a quick look, but we never put the spotter on them. But they were like, yeah, they're, they're big, like maybe 34 inches, like mm. a couple of these ones were. A lot of smaller ones. We didn't know if one was at that level, that big cow. That big cow was big, like mm-hmm. definite shooter all day, every day. She's like, well, now we're in a pickle here. Like, you know, we got these orcs. We don't want to put a lot of time on them. We know those ones right now are killable if we hurry. So we got all the way. We're like, bird just, in the hand, Brady. I know. The bird in the hand. You ever heard that saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Just yep. want to remind you just yep. in case you forgot. But again, you know, like I said, I am, mean, I am looking for a mature oryx. Sure. I am definitely, you know. You might not ever get to hunt them again. Might never get to hunt them again. So I don't I mean, want to according just, to your buddy on Facebook, probably yeah, never again. Probably never, never again. Never again. Yep. Yeah, I took an opportunity away from him. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we decided, well, let's go after this cow. 
she's a good spot. We try to go over there, and uh, of course, as she's working away to the east, they decide to turn around and go the opposite way. Well, going the opposite way eventually is going to get to an area we can't hunt, and uh, that got spoiled almost instantly. We're like, well, shit. Now we lost that opportunity at that big cow. Like if we would have hurried, if we went to spend so much time, like kind of looking at that other group, we could have done a ranger plan, parked it, and then ran over there and, and tried to put a stock on and get a shot. But these things are just random. They just do whatever they want to do. So this mm-hmm. sort of spun around, uh, walked away from us, and we're like, well, now we gotta go back for the other ones. Now we drive, we hike all the way back to the side. We saw it hop in it. Now they're way off in the middle of some flat country. We're like I don't think it's we fun. At go. least you're in the hunt. All I mean, yeah, yeah the whole sure. we're into them. Yeah, the whole afternoon you're essentially spot and stock. I mean, you're in them. Yeah, we're in them now. And uh, so we loop back around. We find find them again, and we're like, all right, they're there. Like we maybe could go after a stock on them. The wind's gonna be kind of horrible. Super flat. We're gonna be seeing the whole entire time. Some of them are already looking at us from side by side from a long ways away. Uh, we elected to. Uh, just watch them and try to pick them up the next morning. So we didn't put a stock on them, but we knew like, Hey, these orcs are here. You know, they're here. They're, they're going in a certain direction that op- op- gives us an opportunity for a lot of glassable terrain. They're kind of working towards our big glassing knob we've been going up to. So next morning we go up to glassing knobs or glassing around for a while. Where are the orcs? Nowhere to be seen. The same group of eight and the other group of three, we couldn't pick up, pick up either of those. Finally, after like two hours of glass and we picked up the group of eight, and like they were in a spot that looked like a slam dunk. Who's, like glass, who's glassing up the most orcs? BTX? Uh, BTX is definitely king. Yeah. BTX is king. Like, no <laughs> it's joke. It's a nice tool to have in your toolkit. Yeah. yeah I, got, I was letting Ryan and Cole glass with a lot. My dad glassed with a, with a bunch. Like, gotcha. it's just. I can imagine it's probably built for that. It's built for it. And sometimes I was like not using it. And all of a sudden I joked once, like, I have the most expensive optic sitting next to me. We're going to pop that baby up instantly. I put it up sometimes. Boom. There's an orx. Yeah. Like something you wouldn't see with otherwise. Like it's a shameless plug for an awesome piece of glass. Like, yeah, it sucks to carry cause it's so heavy, mm-hmm. but it's a great piece of glass. We spot these orcs and it looks like an absolute awesome kill spot. There's a little like berm thing on in some topography. We could see like they're right behind there. So we can sneak up behind this little berm, be out of sight the whole time and we'll creep, creep up it and then try to take a shot. Cause everything I've been told to like get used to, you know, shooting off a tripod hmm. because everything's so flat. A lot of times you can't lay down, but like this looks like a spot I could lay down and shoot off my bipod. And if I shoot off my bipod, I am game on at any mm-hmm. distance. So we're like, all right, let's, let's get down there as quick as we can. Drove the side by side down, parked an area. We're totally out of sight and made a long, probably like a mile long hike. Getting through all that topography, getting closer, closer, closer. Finally, we uh, work our way up to this little, find that little uh, ridge kind of thing. We look over, all right, we see an orc, like 700 yards away. But then we see like two orcs. We're like, all right, well, they're kind of milling around. They don't, I don't think they know where we're at. Ryan Cole decided, let's, let's just drop back down. Let's work down this little little ridge, try to get a little bit closer, pop up. We've only been, doing, we've only been gone, lost sight of them for maybe three to five minutes, five minutes. Now we can't find them at all. They're gone. Like we're like, these orcs were just right here and now we're in a spot where I probably cut the distance like 500 yards. Can't find a single one of them. That's crazy to me because they're so, they're so big. Big. They're yeah. giant. Like, yeah, it's they're like a, a big animal. It's like the size of a cow. Not, not like an antelope. And when you hear about like coos deer disappearing and that, it makes sense. Yeah. Cause like these, these things are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so where do, where do they go? Like, how we, did they disappear? We kept, we were like, oh, let's just walk over there. There ended up being some topography. There ended up being like a big cut, like a little, kind of an old creek bed 
So they could have dropped down the creek bed and worked up or down it. If they yeah. went down, we would have never saw them. If they kept going up to the west, it would eventually petered up so we could see them. That's where most of the orcs every day were kind of going to the west. And we looked around forever. I was like, we couldn't even find a freaking track. Like, they literally were ghosts, and it's gone. It's so wild to me with them being that big. Yeah. And that big, of, that big of a group of them, too. Like, we thought we had these things cornered. Like, we knew how to work that area. We've been glassing it for so many days. They finally worked in an area. Passing them up again, passing up a stock opportunity the night before was going to pay off because now we're going to be mm-hmm. totally calm, collected, and be able to shoot one in the morning, which would be great because cool out. Couldn't find them. Just gone. And we're so like, wild. We walked up and down this drainage. You're just dripping sweat because now it's getting <laughs> hot out. Like when I say we're dripping sweat, it's like I said in my like Instagram thing. It feels like you got a swimming pool every day. Like you're just drenched. Do you guys have a camp shower? No. No camp shower. Spicy. <laughs> That, I think was that's a that was a spicy truck. That, that was a dress. That was a pretty dramatic overlook. Huh? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's crazy too. Is like, if you have water in your backpack, by the time you make any yeah, sort of stock, it's literally like you just like made some tea or yeah. bo- try to boil water, but didn't go completely fully boiled. And now you're drinking that for your hydration. So yeah, we're supplementing it, you know, with some supplements, but like you're drinking basically hot piss water. Yeah. I can't stand, I can't stand that either. I like water, but I do not like hot water. Yeah. I like room I temperature water. I don't like ice, ice water. Yeah, but as soon as it gets hot though, or yeah. like warm, I, that is disgusting. Yeah, and I don't Does, know why. Doesn't even quench your thirst. No. It just feels. I never really like. I had a one of my bag, uh, you know, Yeti M30 hoppers with. I don't know why we didn't try to strap that somewhere on the side by side. But once we switched over to side by side, our water for the rest of the week was just hot water because we didn't have a cooler with us because it was such so small. We had four dudes. Yeah, backpacks all in the back, taking a lot of space. But like we could have probably fit that soft side cooler somewhere with some colder water so the rest still of the day about the shower camp shower man i know huge oversight there. you get a warm shower at night <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't need a shower i could go 25 days i'm fine as long as you guys are fine fair with enough me. man i that like truck, a sh- the, i like a shower at a base camp <laughs> i know and that truck and camp smell definitely well, needed a shower some, some i guarantee camp soap? yeah i mean they make them brady yeah so uh <laughs> he no no just rolled off him like, no, nothing. Yeah, I'm, like, nah, I'm good Sweaty or the better. Yeah. There you go. Work hard. There you go. The harder gross. you work, the more you have club. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. I don't. Why shower? Because it feels good. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's hygienic. I don't know. Yeah, it's more pretty, sleep I try to do good. it every day. <laughs> I'd rather sleep more than waste that time showering to sleep. Just a quick rinse off? Just yeah. like a quick one? I mean, even on an elk hunt, you find a deep creek middle of yeah, the day, you dive in off. that sucker. I guess, but wash the salt. I want to smell man. one with the uh, smell like an animal. You out don't there. want to chafe like Omar. You don't want to get that young chafe. Omar. Young Omar. Yeah. So uh, then the cool part is the rest of the day we did some glassing, but uh, joking. Somehow we got to the spot where we we're glassing, and uh, all of a sudden this bird flies over and lands on the top of the side by side. We're glassing from the side by side. California condor. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but this bird was very weird. It was like. Wanted to be next to us. And I was like, maybe it just wants to be in the shade because we're creating a shit ton of shade and there's mm-hmm. no freaking shade anywhere out there. And so the, the bird flew down next to me, hopped on the seat, the, the, the driver's seat. And, and we're like, oh, maybe it wants some water because like mouth was open. So my dad, I held my hand out. My dad poured a bunch of, again, hot water onto my yeah. hand and I put it next to the bird. Bird didn't freaking want to drink, but it starts pecking my hand. It's a little <laughs> totally wild bird. I'm not, I'm not sure what kind of bird it is. And all of a sudden it hopped on my hand 
And for the next like 30 minutes, I had this bird just hanging on my fingers while I was glassing, just chilling with me. And so I would put him in the shade and we had a little bit of wind coming. So I was just facing him in the wind. He had like his, he would just put his wings out and just like close his eyes like he was soaking it up like in the shade. Just like. <laughs> That's awesome. He's totally a falconer. Yeah, he's a falconer. He's yeah. one with nature. So then wow. we're like, what's up with this bird? Is it really young? Is it injured? But like it flew over to us, but it just wanted to be in the shade. And it was hanging out next to me on my arm and it's chilling. Like, what color was it? What? What color? Brown. I have some pictures I can show like you. Like a brown-headed cowbird, grackle. No, I mean had one. Had one of those like no. Had is. one of those like pointed, pointed beaks, mm-hmm. like really like thick pointed beaks. Like wasn't a long beak. Um, so I just kept chilling on my arm. All of a sudden, I took a shit on my arm <laughs> while it was hanging out with me. So I'm like, oh, it really likes me. And uh, my dad, they're, take, they're taking pictures of it, videos. I'm just like holding it, walking around. My dad comes over and like tries to like pet it, and it pecks at him. I go over and like pet it, just totally fine. You're just one totally with nature, man. He's a whisperer. Yeah. So just hanging out. Finally, I, I was able to like you know pass it over to my dad, and it got comfortable with my dad. But like it was just hanging out while we we're glassing. Like literally, I'm glassing, and this bird's just hanging out on my arm. I you ever seen Failure to Launch? You guys ever seen that movie? Uh, you guys ever seen it? Matthew McConaughey. You guys never seen it? Huh. Okay, well there goes that comparison. <laughs> there's I one, assume there's a bird in there. With no, <laughs> there's one. So there's a group of three friends, and one of them is like he's just. He's good with the vibrations of the world, oh, and right. Matthew McConaughey oh. isn't. So Matthew McConaughey is getting like the but, most random attack by animals that are supposed r- to be like right. calm. And then the other guy is like yeah. the animals just flock to him. You're that guy. Yeah. So my my dad was joking because he had never heard the whole like. Oh, he heard it before. We, I showed him the picture like the mule deer Jesus image mm-hmm. that one of the guys in the office created. He's like he's like you are, you're like you're like Noah. In yeah. A way. Yeah. I figured like it was one a turkey vulture because you guys stunk so bad. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "There's got to be some carry-on down there I can pick pick apart." So then I was finally like, "Buddy, I gotta like actually do some legit glassing." So I like put him back on the seat, and then one of his <laughs> other buddies flew over, and like literally, I had one bird sitting on my boot while I was glassing, and another one sitting on my glassing pad, like this right next to me. These birds were just totally chill with us. Did you ever try to put That's one awesome. on your shoulder? No, just like a pirate. It was on my arm. That would have been oh, pretty cool. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. You got a nice picture of a bird on your shoulder, uh, glassing for orcs. This is, yeah, that was kind of a wild experience. We saw some orcs way off in the distance that night. Tried to put a stock on them. Got too, got too late. Um, but next day, now we're on day five. Five. So we're done with the Birdman series. Yep. <laughs> the Birdman. Yeah. And uh, remember the Birdman in the NBA? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this day was uh, interesting. We headed back to that same little high rise. Not a high, little hill area looking over that all that flat land. Uh, figured, you know, those oryx that we saw the day before, they got to be somewhere in there. We can see a giant swath of terrain. Nothing. This is getting the whole morning. We didn't see a single oryx. We're like, what is going on? Like, you know, where did they go? You know, we did see another hunter in there the day before. Like, Have you seen any other hunters? One side by side in one truck. That was, that was it. it. Yep. How, how many tags? Then, do you then know then how many wanted, tags are available? I think there's 60. So it's a fair number. Yeah, that's I a think decent amount. For the same hunt? Not, not maybe about the same hunt, sorry. Maybe I think it's spread out. Okay, so different different seasons? Yeah, different seasons. Because mm-hmm. mine was only August season. I think it might be spread out through all the seasons. Gotcha. Um yeah, none of the, none of the guys who were hunting wanted to stop and talk either. They were just like on a mission. I'm like, oh, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But uh, you know, it would have been nice sometimes to talk to people. They probably saw a bird on your shoulder and freaked him out. Yeah, that guy's freaked. nope, he's too much. Like, I'm not talking yeah. to that guy. Yeah. So we didn't find anything. In the morning, and we're just like, that's our whole plan, you know, like try to find one in the morning, try to kill the morning when it's cool out. Because I'm like, I don't know what it's going to be like, you know, shoot one in the middle of the day, like trying to process it. Mm-hmm. But then we're like, all right, we got the side by side. Let's go load it back up on the truck. 
let's go drive past past our camp area and it's kind of like work some of that terrain that we're working that first day and uh, we get over there start driving all the way over and it's like driving in a sauna like it was a I was hot. It was like I said, we had multiple days. It was over 106 or at 106. So you're driving in the side by side. You feel that nice wind. You're like, oh, yes, the wind. You're kind of like getting cool. But like it's literally like someone blowing a blowtorch in front of you, all that heat, Mm -hmm. like constantly in your face. It's brutal. And we finally get some spots where we can glass for glass and not see anything. Keep working up. Keep glassing. Finally, we parked in glass, this big canyon. Didn't see anything. It's hot. So like everyone's always like moving on the one side of the side by side that actually has some shade. You're trying to like get shade and glass. Ryan goes walking over to go glass. I'm sitting there talking to my dad. All of a sudden, I'm like, where did, where'd Cole go? Where, like, oh, he's just hiking the top of this knob. I'm like, that's badass. I would have, you know, I definitely would have went up there with him. He's like, I think we're just getting to that point where we wanted to find orcs. And, like, yeah. no one's kind of talking. I don't know if we were all, like, you know, a little depressed or whatever, or <laughs> upset that the morning went so sour. And, like, we're all just trying to go do whatever to try to find some animals. He walks up there to the top. I'm talking to my dad a little bit. We're glassing together, like talking about like, you know, the hunt and how fun it is. And he's like, yeah, how do you think? And I'm like, honestly, I'm loving it. Like every single day I'm, I'm loving everything. Like it'll work out eventually. We're putting enough time in. I'm not worried about like, we're not going to kill anything. We're not getting an opportunity. Cause I, you know, why think negative thoughts? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I look over at Cole and he's like waving his hands, like put him straight up in the air. Like I think he spotted one. Phil like, Cole. What? <laughs> Phil Cole. <laughs> Phil Cole. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, heck yeah. So we grabbed our backpacks, grabbed all the gear. And this is the same area, again, we saw that bull the first day that we passed up. And so we get up to him. He's like, yeah, I can't tell exactly what it is. I was just glassing this giant area. All I had my tens on. So I wanted to look it through your spotter um, to see what it is. It was actually his spotter. Uh, I wanted to look through my spotter so I can you know, verify it. But I saw an orcs. And again, like you're saying earlier, I saw that tail wagon. Mm-hmm. That was a telltale thing. So it was a long distance off of tens, but he was able to pick it up. It's like I got one. Looks like it's by like, you know, little, little tiny bushy tree. Like it's probably going to be there now. Like now it's, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. It's hot. Um, solo. So like it could be a bull. We just don't know what exact bull it is yet. You get all the way over there. It looks at it. It's like, oh yeah, it's looks like a decent oryx. Let's definitely make a stock on it. My dad's with me, which I was jacked about. We're going up through here, working way through. We sit, sit down again. Look, it's like, all right, it's bedded. We know we have all the time in the world to get to this spot. We don't know exactly how big this is yet. We can see a little bit of the horn. We think we thought at one point there might be more of them in the tree, um, but we had, it's a perfect stock. The wind's coming from the oryx right to us, right in our face. Perfect. But uh, again, it's just death hot. We sneak down in there. I end up starting to belly crawl a little bit, on, like on my knees, like they're kind of behind me, like going to get set up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, this is a good spot. We'll set up the oryx, the tr- the bush right where I was at. I ranged it with three ninety seven. Freaking close. That's like a twenty yard shot. Like, <laughs> that is like game on or should I say game time game time game time, game time. I shut up game shut time. up Ryan Campos shout, shout out Campos game time game time Campos shout yeah. out so I'm just like jacked and then like this is the moment too where we talk like you were talking about on uh, one of your recent videos about being proficient with your weapon mm-hmm. Um, so I was literally digging out rocks I was moving rocks all around my body I put my glassing pad down on the ground it's so like level laid. downhill uphill oh uh, we're actually kind of probably Maybe a little bit above the oryx, so but just straight out in front of me. But the problem is I kept having some akatias out there mm-hmm. and had some vegetation in front of me. It's like, oh, my, my bullet path will go through these little grasses. But like I had this akatia. So where the oryx was, be- was bedded and just to the right was an akatia. But the akatia was probably 60 yards in front of me, but it went up kind of ha- tall. And I was like, gosh, if that oryx gets to the right a little bit, if it gets up and goes to the right, I have a short window where I can shoot it. 
because if it gets to that Akatia, I don't know if, I, if I'm going to take the shot that my bullet's going to arc over the Akatia or it's going to go right through it and is this, impact is it. Is the plan to shoot him in his bed or the plan to wait for him to stand no, up? No, I, I, could, I could barely see him in his bed. Like, yeah, he did the whole thing where he was laying his horns on the ground. Like I'm just trying to get comfortable right now and try to get ready because I, I have an open window to the left of this tree, open window to the right. Like Everything's perfect, 397. Like If he gets up, maybe I could take a shot if he gets up, but there's some brush in front of where he's at too. So right now, like it's, I'm just trying to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying on that glass pad because it's so freaking hot. Like my body would have melted laying on the rocks. <laughs> so I'm laying on the glass pad. I'm putting my elbows out, moving all the rocks next to my elbows, trying to make the best stable position. I'm digging my front bipod in. Is I'm your digging. dad talking you through it? Uh, he was he was actually behind me, and they were just like, "That's they're what kinda, my dad would be doing." Which yeah. is, I actually was thinking about this the other day. And today I was talking to my parents on the way down. But I remember one of the this is a little side vent, but I remember the first big you know big bull I killed. Uh, he was with me. My dad yeah. was right next to me, and this bull was kind of feeding through the aspen, and this bull stepped out. You know, right arm leg came forward and he was i remember my dad saying like there's your shot yeah and like he was kind of talking me through it so it just I, I wondered like that instinct as a dad probably never goes away even if you've hunted oh, yeah. as much as you that's have that's exactly what my dad would do too. yeah mine would be yeah too. i'm sure they were doing something like that because i could hear them talking behind me mm-hmm. but i couldn't exactly hear because i was you know like maybe five or so yards in front and i'm in the zone like i'm literally like i said clearing all those rocks off moving my bipod trying to figure out all right if i'm looking through it right now finger on if i did a little bit finger on the trigger just pressing on it leaning forward into it like making sure i have enough shoulder pressure all that stuff how my bipod sitting when i put some pressure on it, when i put my cheek on it making that thing just dialed at that spot like i feel like all right, if that thing stands up it's gonna stand it right in my crosshairs i know once i put my cheek on it my crosshairs ain't gonna move and i can take the best shot possible at that distance and uh it's pro- probably part of it too i like really enjoyed is like you know my dad was like i said right behind me but like I said, I would have loved if my dad would have talked about all that stuff. Like that would have been the sweetest thing to me to like to hear like, all right, make sure your bu- make sure your bubble level, you know, make sure all this. But like, I also thought it was kind of cool that I didn't hear any of that because maybe I realized in my head, like I thought of this after the fact, that he just knew that I'm doing exactly the right thing. Like he's taught me so much in my life that he just like, can sit back and like, I know Brady's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to lay down. He's going to get his bubble level. He's just taking he's gonna it get in. His rest. He's mm-hmm. just taking it in. Like they're all just sitting back there. Like I look back a couple times. They all have their hoods up. They have their sleeves all pulled down. Like they're kind of in some shade next to Nakatia, and I'm just out here in the freaking sun, mm-hmm. just laying on these rocks. So like I had my arms out a little bit with my sleeves pulled back, and I looked at it, and like it was just drenched. Like I'm just dripping water from everywhere in my body. And I kept putting my gun, my cheek on my gun, and I was like leaning on and looking through the scope, trying to see the oryx. And all of a sudden, I pull off, and there's just like sweat running all the way down my stock. So I'm constantly taking my shirt, trying to wipe it off. At a bunch of points, my trigger finger had a bunch of sweat on I'm like I can't have that happen so I'm just like you know trying to wipe all that off like there's just sweat everywhere and I'm just drenched so I finally pulled down my sleeves pull up my hood and I'm sitting in there sitting on the gun for a while like my gosh how long we have to sit here I kept remembering like they kept saying like these orcs get up quite often mm-hmm. <clears throat> any thoughts of trying to get him up I don't like doing that yeah and from what I've seen too like these things seem like they're on edge you know right I don't, don't want, want to blow out. Yeah, I don't want to blow out. But finally, though, we did get a good look at him, and they were like, all right, he's he's the one from the first day. He's the one giant mass. He is broken on that one side, but it's definitely a solo bull. It's the bull we, we passed the first day. And they're sitting back there judging him. And this was a really cool part. I could hear him talking like, yeah, I don't know if he, he's uh, – he's definitely not going to break 37. Uh, on the minimum, he's probably 35. Not going to break 37, minimum's 35. And I'm like, listen, like – they're going back and forth, like Cole and Ryan are talking, and they're talking to my dad, and I'm just like, you guys are talking exact measurements here. Like, 
within inches. Like, oh yeah, maybe he's a half inch shorter than that. And they're like, okay, now he's definitely probably you know, 35. Maybe he could be a little bit bigger, but he's not over 37. And then uh, later on, like that's the exact measurement. Like they nailed the measurement yeah. of that orcs from that distance. Like they are so good at what they're doing. In your like, mind at that point, are you shooting him no matter I, what? I, I told him, one, like Ryan said, he's, he's 35, but he's broken, but he could be bigger. I'm like, I don't care guys. I told him, I don't care. This is our orcs right now. I'm killing this orc. My dad's here. Everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. Game we have, this is uh, we had one full day left the next day. So we're cutting down the wire as well. But this is a perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. And as we're closer to, which is really cool, we can start to see that mass. Yeah. We can start to see like maybe it was a bad decision to pass him up on the first day. I guess it's a big bull, like a big old mature bull. So there I am just laying in the gun, sweating my ass off. I had all my like optics and stuff kind of protecting my ammo because my ammo is just getting torched in the sun. Like I already loaded one round in. I have two on the side. I have to single feed everything. But there's two on the side. I was like, man, those two animals on the side are probably 130 degrees. Like they're they're hot. They're gonna spontaneously go off. <laughs> yeah. no. no, they're gonna no, be three quarters three, of an gonna, inch off at 500, and that just yeah, drives like, Brady at, nuts. And at least everything though is like kind of you know validating the sun. So every now and then I leave my rangefinder sitting there, so it's like acting like it's getting you know the same heat that my ammo is, and double checking. All right, I'm ranging again. Before it told me this dope. Now it's telling me the same thing. Like everything should be good. My binos are in front of me. Ammo wallets right there if I need to. Like. Everything's dialed. The coolest situation ever. You know, Oryx, 397. Oryx finally gets up, starts looking at us, starts walking a little bit. I'm like, ah, I can, maybe I could take that shot. I could take him probably in the shoulder. So it's like quartering away, but it had some vegetation in front. And after talking to them, they're like, yeah, just, just give it time. If I was by myself, I would have shot that thing in the mm-hmm. shoulder like all day. But I'm like, these guys know they're Oryx. You know, they're a hard animal. You have to hit them perfect. I'm like, all right, I will wait. I have all the time in the world. That Oryx going to walk to the left, walk to the right, completely open and be able to take the shot. Cause it was a little bit of brush. Um, it's like, all right, whatever. Let's keep waiting. Keep waiting. I'm looking at the orcs. I'm like, yeah, it looks awesome to me. I cranked it up to 36 power. Like I could see everything going on with that orcs. Finally, he turns around kind of facing me. And I told my dad, like I could shoot him right now in the chest, like easy all day, 397. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I already have the wind doped. Like the wind's kind of coming at us a little bit, but it's not strong. And shooting a 300 rum, 208 grain bullet. I'm just going to go wherever I want to put it. Orcs just looking up this canyon nose, constantly looking, not looking our direction, but looking uphill. I'm like, this is weird. Took a step, looks that direction still. I'm like, whatever, maybe he's going to take the, I only need him to take his two more steps and his, he'll be broadside, totally exposed. His brush in front of him would be out of the way. But again, the Akatia is going to be getting in my way if he keeps going too far right. So I'm like, whatever, I'm on him. I'm looking, I'm on him. I'm still like in the gun. My neck's starting to hurt. I'm in the gun. All of a sudden he runs, just freaking runs. From away from that tree, but he's running the direction he was facing. Like he was, he was staring at the direction. You can see his ears pointing that direction. So like he's not like we thought it maybe was a coyote. But if he saw a coyote, he wouldn't be running at the coyote or whatever. He'd be running the opposite direction. He's running towards whatever he's looking at. So they're like scanning while he was looking. Like maybe he sees another oryx, but they couldn't see another oryx. He's like Braveheart. He's running into the battle. <laughs> yeah, he's running into something. <laughs> but it's like this situation was so perfect. It's I'm really on my gun. Great. Everything's dialed. I have everything ready to go. My dad's right behind me. It's going to be epic, epic, you know, kill footage. Yeah. Awesome hunt. And 397 is easy. And he starts running. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. But this is where, like, like I said, being proficient with your weapon, I like, grabbed my rifle, positioned it in a different spot again, laid down, quickly pulled the bipod up, quickly got my rear rest underneath me, quickly rearranged it. Now the distance went from 397 to, I'll say it, since you mentioned before on the other podcast, 522. And he stops right behind an Akatia. Told Cole, like, I'm shooting through that Akatia. He's like, yeah, I guarantee you, you'll be able to punch right through it. Shooting 300 rum is going to do his thing. Um, took the first shot, got all 
you know, comfortable, press the trigger. Uh, I was like, oh, I could hear it smack him. Uh, this thing took off like a bat out of hell. Like, heard the hit? Heard the hit. It's like, oh, yeah, crunched him. Those guys confirmed it? Yeah, confirmed it on the spotter. Uh, the problem is, though, my muzzle brake is really nasty. It literally bounced that spawning scope, even though, because like now I'm kind of turned over. And so the spawning scope was a little bit kind of near where the blast might be of the muzzle mm-hmm. brake. Totally missed like, getting the scope of the first shot because of the, how nasty the muzzle brake is. <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, you hit it. We see blood pouring out of him. He's running back to the same spot. So I, again, got up, moved the rifle over, um, got set up again. I was watching him through the scope, walking. I'm like, he's going to stop eventually. I'm ranging. I'm like, all right, it's, now it's going to be like a 500-yard shot. Basically basically the same dope. Did a little bit of adjustment on it. He stopped. And I'm like, dang, I can see that bullet wound. Like, that's a perfect shot. Like, what is this thing doing? Like, you know, went like 100 and some, some yard, but it ran really fast to get to that point Bef- and then started slowing down. Before you taken that first shot, were you thinking about vitals on those animals because i early on in the podcast you said that the vitals, vitals are, are forward forward yep so and that's, you, that's what's really hard for me to try to it would be hard do. for me too as i'm thinking I, about it i'm in the moment like i'm just gonna shoot him like i shoot every you know mule deer mm-hmm. elk i've ever shot and that's why i think my first shot goes right behind the shoulder in like a perfect like hard area like i couldn't have put it any better if it was a deer mm-hmm. but i think naturally like you're saying my mind just went to doing what i've normally done a thousand times yeah. before right behind the shoulder touch it off that's why I don't ever like hold when I was want to dial because I don't like holding off an animal mm-hmm. or put my because naturally you know your mind's gonna so want to pull across back, back a bit. Of so where it was right behind the shoulder, but he's supposed to hit him you know in the shoulder, in the to shoulder, get, in the shoulder to get through it. So I can see blood pouring out of him. Uh, finally, he stops. I'm like, all right, you guys ready? And they're like, you ready already? I'm like, oh yeah, I'm already on him. Touch off the second one. I can hear it smack him hard. And they're like, oh yeah, you absolutely perfect, right in the shoulder. Oryx goes like. 10, 15 yards, tumbles down. And then I obviously, I, like, you know, they're saying something where I couldn't hear it, but I was like, damn it. Like, between that situation when the first shot, I couldn't exactly hear what those guys were saying behind me. I thought they said, like, oh, yeah, he's going down, like, falling down. But Ryan was saying he's going downhill. Oh, he's running. Running downhill. So I thought he was, like, dead. So I lifted up my ear, my earplugs, and I took the second shot without my earplugs on. Oh, I'm sure that felt great. Mm-hmm. Oh. That hurt a lot. Yeah, I shot your gun without earplugs. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm like kind of deaf. And then my dad comes over, he gives me a giant bear hug. You know, we're like celebrating a little bit. And it's like, I shot an oryx, you know, the coolest animal in the world. Coolest stalker opportunity. My dad was right behind me. Oh, how crazy is it? We had him right in front of us. He ran for whatever reason, but I was able to, you know, get my gun up, put it back down, get really comfortable, range it, dope it, take a perfect shot, took another shot. And like the whole time these guys are telling me how tough Oryx are. Like they said they'd have guys shoot them. Again, I'm not going to knock on those tiny cartridges, but I will. With tiny little like six fives. And they put like six rounds into these things and they get away. Like no joke. Hmm. Like they, take a, they can take a lot of impact. So when you walk up on that, how big of an animal is it? Huge. Body size wise? How, how big are they? Like a, a horse? Like, what is like it? a kind of a cow. Not that you've killed many elk, but. <laughs> I've, killed, I've, killed, I've killed a lot of cows. What are they? Uh, how would you compare it to? It's an a elk? little smaller than a cow elk, it's like, like not like not a, not a calf by any means, but in like in, a spike in elk. I've never seen a spike elk. Oh, They're gotcha. dead on the ground. Hmm. Are spike elk bigger than cows? Nah, not really. Depends. But it's they're they're a large animal. Like you walk up to them, their their hooves, big as my hand. They have crazy big hoofs. So the sweetest experience ever. Finally walking up to it. Finally seeing like this animal. I you know like I said I kind of been. In, in a way, dreaming about my whole life, watching, you know, Discovery Channel with my mom and dad, watching all this Africa stuff back in the day, to drawing a tag, 
it's very slim odds. It's less than 10% odds. Like it's drawing a dream tag. Mm-hmm. Like it's single digit odds trying to draw this tag. And I drew it my first year. My dad flew out from Minnesota. My dad was there in the whole entire hunt. And that's why I, early in the hunt, I was like, I just want my dad to be there on the stock. And that's why I was, like I said, I was glad that first one didn't work out. My dad was right behind me. Dad got to see everything. That's yeah, really cool. The whole yeah, experience. Awesome. Now we have to cut this thing up. What did you do? How did, how did it, uh, so I got to ask when you get up to the animal, you just, you take all your pictures and you're getting to processing. Are you deciding how, how to mount it? Are you going to mount it? Yeah. That was one yeah, of my we questions. Were, was like, him and do I were you talking rug it about and it. do a Euro? Do you, 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 I, you I, was, mount I was laughing it? listening to you guys' podcast. Like, oh yeah, Brady will mount it. He mounts everything. Yeah. Like you guys, that know, was our guess. That yeah, was my you, guess. You guys know my thoughts on this and everyone does it. Like to me, you know, animals are, my animals, once you shoot them, it's a, it's an art piece. Rugs are art. Yeah, everything is. So that's why, like, <laughs> a euro's a euro is art. A shoulder mount's art. art sure. Pedestal mount, rug. Like, I want to enjoy that animal for the rest of my life. And shooting unique species like this, they're getting a shoulder mount. Shoulder mount. So I'm doing a. I'm doing you a, were right. Trails. I figured right. you so were. I'm, I'm doing a pedestal with a wood base on the on the bottom. So, but when you started into the midsection on that thing, and you're making that circle cut around the midsection, there was no part of you that was like, "Oh, I feel." Bad. I did not want to that would, cap that. That guy. would leave me gutted. I couldn't do it. No. I'd have to rug that thing out. I know. Yeah, that's what. Know. That's what is hard. It would be tough. Like, they are so gorgeous. Um, yeah, I love their socks. Yeah, like their yeah, the socks. Yeah, their yeah, capes are awesome. so cool. Yeah. So I, I gave them a lot of extra on the socks, just in case we do some crazy pose on it. You do like a half body. No, so like, I'm just gonna do a, a shoulder, another shoulder pedestal type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, but I gave him a lot towards the back end, just in case he wants to do a crazy hard turn on it. And I always love like, I saw my taxidermist when I dropped him off this last weekend. I drove up to to Utah, dropped my odd dad off, dropped that. I was like, you're an artist, like you really are. He's like, what kind of pose do you want? I'm like, whatever you think looks best to you is what I think will probably be best as well, because this is your world and you're a true artist. Like, do what you think looks best to this animal. Like, I'll give you all creative freedom to do what you want. And I think. A lot of times I might appreciate that. Like, I don't care. I want to look one way or the other. Whatever way you think looks best. I gave you a lot of hides so you can do whatever you need to do with it. What are you going to do with the broken horn? I'm fixing it. You are. So instantly. Oh, uh, man, that's the other one I knew you'd do. Yeah. I was like, I think you'll fix it. But, I here, but here's the thing. I wouldn't fix it normally, but like mm-hmm. that animal's never growing that back again. You know, it's a horned animal. He's never going to grow back. He broke it at some point because he's a whatever. Maybe broke it fighting. Maybe broke it out on some yucca or whatever it could be like he broke it and uh my tax numbers instantly and i was like yeah i, I passed him up on the first day because he was broken and he's he texted me when i was out on the field he's like you know i can fix that right these <laughs> are the easiest <laughs> fix ever these are the things i think about on my morning runs when i'm thinking i'm thinking i wonder if brady will fix that horn and then i got to thinking if you do decide to fix that horn do you make just a mold of the opposite horn yep. And match it and match it. Yeah. So he he told me he like when I was texting him saying like yeah I'm thinking about getting it fixed. And he's like oh, that's the easiest fix ever. And it and the way it, way it broke too. It broke above all the knobs. Like they have those like yeah. round knobs, ridges, or little ridges on their on their horn. And since the horns were so long, he broke way above all those ridges. So at the point where he broke was just smooth. So like yeah, all I'll do is take exact cast of your other horn when I pop them yep. off. Like make a clone of it. That's just put it I on there and blend it in there and make it perfect. You won't even be able to notice yeah. anything. So to me, it's like. Yes, he's broken. It's badass that he's broken. If I already shot a clean one before, I probably wouldn't have fixed this one. Do they have rings? Age he, rings? No? No, not really. That's, probably a good question. that's actually impossible. a really good question. He said a, he, the only way you can do it is like lab age them, send the tooth in. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't do like how many notches are on like on that base, really? I, I asked him. He's like, it's pretty much impossible. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah that, that's a big decision, trying to fix them or not fix them. I know people go back and forth like, well, it's how you shot them, but it's like, it's not, it's not like he didn't have it. You know, he had both sides of it. And he's 35 and a half inches long. You know Over, what my opinion on it? What? 
Doesn't matter. It's yours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, uh, you do whatever the hell you want. Hundred percent how I feel. Hundred <laughs> percent. If you, you want to fix it, fix it. Fix it. Yeah. If I, could give gonna, two, it, I could give two shits less if people want to fix it. If you you have a busted bull, you know I've got a bull. I don't even know if I'll mount it, but you know the bull I killed in Utah last year, he's got a busted fifth on the one side, and I've had a lot of people be like, "Oh, you gonna fix it? You gonna fix it?" I'm like, I don't know. I it, I mean, but regardless if I do or I don't, I mean it's up to me. And what's I, it matter to anyone and, else? And I don't think it matters. It doesn't really matter that you killed or didn't kill it with it or without it. Like, yeah. I mean, what does it matter? I 100% agree. And the, the good one is Porter when we shot that buck last year. And he's got the base of a cheater that matched the other side. Mm-hmm. He's got matching devil points, matching split threes. He's got had matching flyers. One of them was broken off. And he was just going back and forth. Should I fix it? Should I fix it? I'm like, what does it matter? Do yeah. whatever you want to do. If you're going to look yeah. at it and it's going to drive you crazy, fix it. Who gives it? Who gives a shit? It yeah, doesn't I matter. Ki- I killed a muzzleloader buck that had matching cheaters. And I hunted him during the bow hunt. He had both cheaters. And then opening day of the muzzleloader hunt, I killed him and he busted the one side off. And I had my buddy Josh mount it and he fixed it. He repaired it. It looks awesome. Yeah. And, but yeah. I don't ever look at that and be like, oh, yeah, I didn't have that cheater. It just doesn't matter to me. It's, it's so like, funny. Hey, it's so funny. Yeah. The, uh, the Pe- people feel pretty strongly yeah, about it, too, which crazy. is odd to me. It's like, like you I, didn't kill it, bro. What <laughs> yeah. does it matter? That's my opinion on it. It's just like, it doesn't matter. It's his. Yeah. And, and you and do whatever the hell he wants. It's going to hang in his house. Yeah. And to me, it's like I said, it's kind of a little. I always do the same thing. If my buck had a flyer and I saw the flyer before, if I actually knew the flyer existed, sure, I'd fix it. Maybe if I didn't know it actually existed, what the shape of it was, maybe it's something crazy. Maybe I wouldn't. I don't know. But on a horned animal, though, especially a single horn, it's not like a sheep where a sheep breaks off. Like, yeah, I'm not going to fix a broom. Sheep looks pretty cool. It's like that animal, the rest of its life, is never going to grow that that part back. Like, And he had it at one point. Like I said, he's 35 and a half inches long giant old bull but the crazy thing was like we went up to his bases they were like holy gosh this, this thing carries its mass like we were silly for passing him up on the first mm-hmm. day i can't wait to get a measurement and i'm like oh yeah you want to do it right now they're like you have a tape measure on you i'm like yeah i got a tape measure on me like i've been packing this tape measure just for this purpose the whole time like yeah sure it's a trophy <laughs> thing or whatever like someone can make fun of me or again, for, i don't care again, again who i don't gives care a shit it's I you and you hunting so I, who cares? I was going after the oldest one yeah. the biggest one i could do so whatever um, it's more meat too, by the way, shooting bigger animals. Did you film it? Are you measuring it? Yeah, my dad did. Uh, really? Post yeah. that and see what happens. Yeah. You should just for fun. Let's do a social experiment. That's okay. my favorite part about Get, social media is the opinions. I love what, looking at the opinions. It's so crazy that they feel so strongly that they are mad at somebody they don't know. Well, and I think it's great. I could care less. It's great. I, exactly. I mean, I have an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. It's okay. Feel free to express it. But, but do you feel been, strongly enough to like be no, mad at somebody? No, but in the grand scheme of things, I also don't care enough. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Gives you know, shit. whatever. So, someone did that when we were measured out my dad's Marco. They're like, what's the real purpose of doing this? And I'm like, it just measuring it. See how big it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Like, so yeah, yeah, post we, that up and see. I, would right. love, <laughs> I, I think it's a video for my dad. Social my dad experiment just up. for fun. So we, start, so we measure the length, 35 and a half, started looking at the mass, like, dude, this guy carries mass like crazy. Let's get a mass measure on him really quick. His mass is seven inches on the base. Wow. And Ryan's like, I've never, and Cole were like, I've never seen an Oryx with this much mass. Like, yeah, they get it, but like never seen one like that. And Ryan went home and measured one of his bulls. And I think one of his bulls was like five inches. Hmm. This was longer than mine, longer horn, but only five inches of mass. Like mine has a ton of mass and it carries it really well. That's cool. But then it's like, now we got to process the thing. Literally, when I shot it, my dad had a, his little Kestrel wind meter. It was 103.6 degrees in the shade. 
Yeah. When I shot mine, like I shot time, on like time becomes sensitive at that point. You got to get all yeah. the meat off and, and head out. Um, so now we're pro- starting to process them. Obviously we're taking some photos, but I'm like, I feel bad. We can't take a lot of photos. It's so hot. We have to get the animal processed ASAP. Like the, I heard this meat is phenomenal, but it's the hottest por- portion of the whole day. Um, starting to cut them open. Like I said, we're doing the old, you know, shoulder mount cause I have to We're cutting down the, on the, on the spine. He has a that black strip down the spine. Uh, Cole started cutting with this like, man, my knife's dull. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get my knife in there. Is my knife dull? I grab another knife, same thing. Like it, the hide is so thick on that upper portion, and especially my bowl of whatever it was, maybe it was extra thick or whatever. Like it was a struggle to get. What's cut. the hair like? Thin, super thin. Like uh, like an antelope, like a pronghorn. No, like I would hollow? say no. It's not really hollow. Like a sheep, like an odd like, feels, feels like an odd ad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's like it was a super thick hide to finally like, get it open. I'm starting to cut it. it. Actually, had a lot of fat on them. Um, starting to get that cape off. The meat's actually cooling down pretty good. Uh, but then, like, we finally get to the point where we got the quarters off, got the back straps. I pulled the tendies out on the one side, and then we're going to flip them over. Just, you know, normal thing. We're just doing gutless method. Mm-hmm. We have all the hide off on the one side. We can do the other side. We flip them over. We start cutting that back quarter area off. And so his backside on the hide was leaning against a rock the entire time we were cutting up the, the other side. So once we flipped that open, got the hide off, that meat where that oryx was sitting on the leaning against the rock was cooked. Really? The meat was cooked through the hide because Holy that rock shit. was so hot. You shave some off and eat it? Should have. A little sushi. It's like <laughs> uh, it's like a good kebab shop, you know? Yeah, you just, you right? got it on a spit. Well, you where do you go? You go cook the steak on the stone. What are those restaurants called? You know what I mean? I don't know, I've never been to one, thin, but I know the ones you mean. Yeah, yeah the you little get the, thin, the little laid thin on the rock. Yeah, stripes yeah. of beef. Yeah, but it was that hot out. Huh. And so we're, we're throwing everything in, finally get everything taken care of. Like, we got to get out of here. We have, you know, it was a little over a mile, maybe a mile and a quarter hike back to the side-by-side. My dad went off first. We finally loaded the meat up. Um, luckily, you know, we had three of us there. We split everything up. Uh, I was had a shit ton of hide, shoved it in my backpack, and I grabbed some meat. Those guys grabbed some a bunch of quarters, started hiking back out. And this is the point where you're just like, you get into that bonk stage. Like, you are literally, even though you have supplements and all that stuff, it is so hot. Every sip, sip of water, we drank all the water we had at the kill site. We have no water for the rest of the hike out, and you're just dehydrated. Your mouth's dry, everything's dry. Everyone you can see is just like struggling on the way back. And then we finally get back to the quad. We had to go up a couple hills or whatever. And uh, I guess we're back at the quad. We have some water. All the water sitting back there, getting into that my Yeti cooler. It's just piss warm. So now you're, you're craving water, but you're drinking. You know, hot water, hot ass. Well, I'm not talking about just slightly warmed up. Like this is almost like you could just dump your mountain house in there and like <laughs> eat, <laughs> eat a warm meal. Was it in plastic bottles too? Yeah. Ooh. And even the water we had in our backpacks and stuff were all this hot. So like you're like, let's just drop me to drive the side by side. I'll get some wind in our face. So you we, aware of the hot plastic water thing? It's bad yeah, for you. It's really bad for you. Well, that doesn't kill me. I don't know. Small testicles. Yeah. Oh, it's going to shrink you. Microplastics. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Huh. So we, we elected to not uh, debone it in the field. We just quartered it and shot, got, obviously got some weight off the hooves and stuff like that because we just wanted to get back as quick as we could, got to the truck, and then threw it on a bunch of ice and then drove back to our camp, and then we deboned everything back there. Well, it looked like a really cool hunt. Yeah, super cool. I mean, I hope I hope everybody gets the opportunity to go. I, I do know. too, especially uh, the guy. Especially the guy on, on. Honestly, I do. I mean, I, I, I don't know that if you've convinced me. I think they're a cool animal, but I... 
I, I hope anybody that has the interest in in it, I hope they all get a chance to draw a tag and go hunting. And I mean, you can say what you will cool. about odds and you know what well, we do for odds, but I, I genuinely hope that people apply and get a chance to go hunting. Yeah, and this is to, to the guy on Facebook that was giving you shit for it. Like, to this point, I'm not applying for it next year. I'm really interested in it, but yeah. I'm not applying for it. There's Because, you know, there's no points in New Mexico. Like, I, may, I might at some point down in the future, but for the next yeah. couple of years, like, I'm just not... And I'm just not in it to go oryx hunting. I want to after yeah. hearing it, but yeah. I'm not applying. Are yeah. you? No. Yeah. See, it, it costs a thousand six hundred bucks. Yeah. For the oryx tag. Yeah. Not I'm not applying. It's, yeah, it's, it's very very expensive, and it's like, well, will most people be willing to give up something else to go do that? I don't know. Maybe. You mean like a bugle and bull elk? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but it is like you're saying though. I, I do. Know. I do hope people can experience it. Maybe sometime. All I've heard yeah, is the meat's all I feel. the meat's phenomenal. Yeah. The best meat ever. And so I spent the whole weekend processing it all. I, like I said, I made a shit ton of steaks, bratwurst, some bourbon bratwurst I'm going to have to bring in, and a bunch of pepper sticks. And I haven't eaten any of it yet because I know once I start eating it, I'm going to start eating it all. I want to try that pepper yeah. stick. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's, do, uh, let's do a little piece sometime where we cook the some up and, and, some and try steak. it. Yeah, just do yeah. a follow-up and just try it because everybody says it's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. look forward to it. The, the, what I was talking about, too, with the buffalo grass, I was looking it up. Mm-hmm. So it's from Africa. That's why I was asking. Mm. And it's taken over the Southwest. So, it's, so it is the most drought tolerant of all the common grasses. That's why they brought it down into the Southwest and into Mexico. Mm. But the reason why I brought it up is because the coos deer absolutely mm. love it. And when they get in there, you can't kill them. So that's why I was asking if it was there because I was seeing if there was coos deer in there. But yeah. there you go. That's where my mind was at. Well, Mine cool. Instantly goes to coos. You never heard of buffalo grass? For, I, I probably have. But Here's how you pronounce it. I I've can't pronounce the real thing. I've been up. I can't pronounce the real thing. The nickname is the buffalo grass. There you go. I probably should have. Do you know if they had that there? Honestly, it's an African grass. Know, yeah. And we had acacias. Huh. Oh no, a bunch of giant yuccas everywhere. Wherever that I can never pronounce it. Creosote. 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 Yeah. If so, it's creosote, creosote's pretty common. Yeah. It smells really good. Yeah. Well, cool, man. We're glad to have you back. Glad you had a good hunt. Yeah, definitely. It was a fun hunt. Like I said, we got the weather. We got some... My dad, all he wanted to do was experience a rainstorm in the desert. He thought yeah. that was so cool. Yeah. All the flooded stuff. <laughs> That's he doesn't believe me ever when I say, like, yeah, per- when it rains here in Vegas, everything huh? floods. Like, it doesn't yeah, soak in the ground. So it was fun. Like I said, family hunts to me are everything. And that's why right when I first drew that tag, my first call was literally to my dad. And like, dad, you retired. What are you doing in August? Do you want to come hunt Oryx? And yeah. he instantly jumped on it, which was cool. My mom... You know, I was obviously a saint and lets my dad go do some crazy stuff with us all the time. And I wish my mom could have been there because my mom shot a, shot a Gims book for her first, first animal mm-hmm. she'd ever shot, only animal she'd ever shoot in her life when they went to Africa once. So it's pretty cool to like, you know, me, my mom and my dad have all shot Gims book in a sense and get to share with my dad and laugh with my dad and just talk about all the crazy stuff and all the stories we kept telling with Ryan about where we've been and stuff we yeah. like to do together. And how they, are, oh, they both have kids and they're trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And how it's cool. Like me and my dad, I always just love to hunt together. My brothers and, and those are cool. And I think, I don't know, I've had I, probably cause we did, you know, we did the common ground film and we talked, it was, it was a little bit sentimental talking about hunting partners and stuff, but I had some people reach out and just talking about hunting partners, hunting with family. Um, one of, one of my very favorite moments I've ever had hunting is I had a late season archery elk hunt in Arizona and my dad went with me just to, as a spotter and it was on my birthday. So November 14th is my birthday and we were on the hunt, he and I together and we climbed out to this overlook. He and I sat there and he sat there and for some reason I was just like, tell, tell me about like what it was like, like what was the day I was born? And mm-hmm. he just got to tell me the whole story from start to finish how 
you know, when my mom went into labor, the whole process, kind of me as a child, like just from his perspective, and it was a super cool opportunity. So yeah. it's cool that you had the chance to hunt with your dad and mm-hmm. get out and, you know, see a new species and, and just experience family. Because time, you just never know. You I never got a quick story about my birth and my dad. Yeah. It's a funny thing in my family. Yeah. So he, he drew a Wyoming moose tag. Yeah. And it ran right up against my birthday. My, my Your actual due date. birthday. Your due well, <laughs> my dad is, my dad's a really good woodsman and he always has been mm-hmm. ever since he was a young guy but this is back in i was born in 87 and so gps wasn't you know yeah. wasn't super good he got lost and he literally walked into walked into the hospital with like minutes to spare of my birth he, he made was, it. yeah he was within minutes of missing my birth and now it's the, the moose is hanging on uh my uncle heath's place in hatch cool and it's like he almost missed my birth. I wouldn't have gave a shit though. I mean, if you drew a moose tag, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Well, cool. Uh, well, thanks for sharing that with us. We appreciate it. We've got uh, we've got episodes coming up. We're gonna have Jay Scott, and then we've got uh, Aaron from Gunworks coming in, and yep. then I think we'll probably end up doing an episode because I've been. We were gonna try to tack it onto this, but I knew you know the hunting story with Brady. It's gonna the he's Brady gonna, Miller hunt story. I, I try to keep it pretty condensed. So there's so many more details I could have gone into. But yeah. it's like I, I thought we'd maybe have time to do what we wanted to do after the fact. We'll do, we'll do another episode. So I know I've I've been getting a lot of DMs, a lot of emails, just questions, people preseason stuff, a lot of gear questions. I think you have as well. You yep. have as well. Yep. So I think we're probably gonna do just one episode where we just do a straight Q and A and try yeah. to answer a bunch of those. So, so if I didn't get back to you, you know, give it give it a listen. I try to. If I didn't, you know, maybe maybe give that a listen and we'll run through them so yep cool well thanks good to be back boys i'm gonna pee my pants <laughs> <laughs> we gotta end it with that <laughs> <laughs>